Hi. Uh, I'm Jenny, and this is Bryn. Welcome to the ABC or the Animorphs Book Club for Long. Uh, this is, again, one of those books where we, A, can't come up with a bit, and B, don't feel like it's appropriate to come up with a bit. Feels a bit disrespectful, so. Disrespectful. Um, and this is not a joke. I know for what was it the experiment? Acid it was yeah. We did do a bit that so that terrible. was pretty funny. But this is not a joke. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. The bit in that book was that we weren't doing a bit. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. Um, we're not doing a bit today because it just feels disrespectful and it doesn't feel appropriate. Um, yeah. With that being said, let's get into it. Uh, let's get into it today. We read uh the well today we're going to be. Talking about uh, The Illusion, which Ooh. is book number 33, The Illusion. Um, this is Tobias's book. This is Tobias. Book. Would you, shall we, I mean, this cover is pretty great. I can't, I cannot tell a lie. I do like the cover. The cover is a banger. There's a lot happening. It is a bit messy, but I do think it's a banger. I um, like the background. I like that color combination. Yeah, it's really pretty. There's like a teal with teal and gold situation in the background and a double exposure of a kid that I assume is supposed to be Tobias, even though it doesn't look anything like him. He's not blonde. He's not blonde. He doesn't have blue eyes. Who who is this? He's got a bowl cut. Who is she? Very berries and cream. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have a little lad up here. (laughs) A little lad who Um, loves berries and cream. Also, uh, another thing I like about this cover, I love the 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 griffin. Oh yeah, you you were telling me that in this <laughs> the hippogriff. Just, it's just Buckbeak from from the Harry Potter yeah. books. Um, that's yeah. There's a full griffin. Um, if you don't know by now, it's uh, Tobias as a bird. It's bird boy turning into axe. Um, mm-hmm. Turning into an andalite again. I mean, you pointed this out last week. Utterly shredded. Utterly shredded. Why? Why? Also, those are you know what, this. Legs. Those are not deer legs. Yeah. What's fascinating to me about this cover is that I think unlike all the, a lot of the other ones, like those ones seem like they're photos of animals turning mm-hmm. into other photos of animals. This is like a. F- I don't know if this is a photo of an animal or not turning into a painting. So there's a lot more artistic, like like um, My stuff sp- going on here. Or, uh, yeah. Than in the other ones, because in the other ones, it's it literally kind of looks like a p- computer program, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Like they use, like David used the liquid, the liquid tool on Photoshop. I mean, that's just what it looks like to me. No disrespect, but that is just what it kind of looks like to me. Um, but this actually looks like he painted each of these, which is really, Definitely. which is really cool. And you can tell in the hawk, like especially in the hawk in the beginning, because most of them, like. There's just like a lot of movement in this, in the picture of the hawk at the beginning that like just a normal picture wouldn't have that you just like take off the internet. Um, they're kind of stiff, but yeah, there's a lot of fluidity in this cover, which I really like. Um, I will say the one thing I don't, I, the one thing I dislike about this cover is is the fact that every time there's like andalites on the cover, they're very they they lack emotion, like they're not really yeah. emoting at all. I mean, none of the kids in these covers ever, like, emote, except for maybe Marco and Rachel. I love that you like, say emote instead of emote. Emote? <laughs> what? Emote. I emote. emote. Oh. 
Anyway, he's got no emotion, baby. And also, like you said, he should not be pink. He's blue. He has yeah. blue blood. He's he has blue blood. Also, I don't like that he has eyebrows. I don't think Andalite should have eyebrows. I Doesn't completely agree. I'm anti eyebrow and also anti ear. Mm-hmm. I like their. I think their little ears are cute. But I I do get where you're coming from because they're never really mentioned in canon. Um, they just kind of show up on the. Phone. They are mentioned. They're just not really described as having ears. And also, I like aliens that don't have ears. I think it's fun. Hmm. I don't know. I guess in my head they have little, little they have like kind of snake snake ears where they're like they're just holes. So you can still have a ear enter the hole, but they don't have like a conical kind of like situation going on here. A conch yeah. a conch shell, if you will. I I'm not I don't love the stock eyes. I, I love this. I don't are. love the stock eyes. I don't like how how thick. I like the wobbly noodly ones. But I do yeah. love this bird with snail. This giraffe bird <laughs> as the second morph. I do. I do like that. That is fun. Something I really like about this cover that I just thought of is that um, it's true to the actual morphing sequence in the book. Like sometimes. Hmm the the morphs on the cover just don't match up with the way that they describe the morph morph happening in the book but Tobias describes like the stock guys appearing first on his head and then like the the back part of an andalite like the, the hind legs mm. and then the tail and like that's clearly what's happening on the cover so I just appreciate the accuracy like the consistency in the book and the cover yeah I um, agree um the tagline is change happens whether we like it or not that's yeah. pretty true that's pretty I true. also i love the title of the illusion i thought mm-hmm. about it a lot and it's really applicable to so many things in this book yes you know and i don't want to get too far into it but tobias has a lot of illusions about a lot of things not just the literal illusions that happen during the mm-hmm. book he has quite a lot of illusions about his own sense of self that get kind of challenged. And it's really fascinating. Also, Rachel has some illusions about Tobias. They all have ideas about each other that are not they true. All, <laughs> they all have ideas. They all think thoughts. Sometimes the thoughts Yeah, that's are... a dangerous business. <laughs> no thinking aloud. Anyway, um, what do you rate the, how many sporks are you gonna give I'll this give it I will give it 3.5 sporks. I don't think it's as good as The Reunion and The Departure, which is what I'm going to be comparing these this book to a lot, because I think it's on the same caliber. I hope that doesn't spoil what rating I give this book in the end. Um, but I, I don't think it's as good as those, but it is still fun, and there's a lot to enjoy about it, so I'll give it like a 3.5. I, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Nice. Um, yeah, I like how busy it is. I like that there's, like, <laughs> I, I I just really like this morphing sequence. I think it's really interesting to look at. And I like the double exposure shot of Tobias in the background. Even though dramatic Tobias. So dramatic. Jake in the background, let's be honest here. Yeah, not, like, like de-aged Jake. Like, who is this person in the background? I thought you said DA, like, district attorney. District attorney Jake. Dirty Jake. Um, no last name. Um, yeah, this Get is not it. how I imagined Tobias. He's got like curly, dirty blonde like hair, uh, and he's just a he's just a little punk in my mind. I don't know. Yeah, same. In my in my head, in my head, um, just a little grunge. In in, in my head, 
Uh, and I don't know if at the time this episode is published, I'll have posted the lineup of how they. I actually see them in my head. But Tobias has like a grunge shag in my head, like a like big blonde hair. It's not necessarily curly. It is. It's curly when he takes care of it, but he usually brushes it out. Um, well, he used to. Uh, and then he wears a lot of, like you said, he's. I see him as grunge, and I see him as super pale, and pale yeah, and wears, blonde like, with I think he, like darker wears, eyes. Like, yeah, he I he wears like lots of like t-shirts, but then shorts. Like I I feel like he's oh, yeah? one of those people who just never wears like real pants, even when it's oh I I see I I see him as wearing um uh skinny jeans with the knees ripped. Oh, listen yeah, to a lot of Nirvana, like, which is which is sorry. No, it's okay. I'm imagining him wearing like long sleeves under like an oversized short sleeve t-shirt. Yeah. Um. So like a lot of I layers on too. top, but just always cargo shorts on the bottom. Maybe a That's belt. That's valid. Chain. It's ironic that we're talking about Tobias being a, a, a kind of grungy guy with a belt chain. That's true. Um. Because I was the, I just had the thought: Is does he wear Jinko jeans? <laughs> Oh, he definitely wears jean coat jeans. It's 1998 and he's a punk. Oh my god. Okay, you know what's so funny is that every time he goes anywhere, he always like mentions how he's dressed because Rachel buys his clothes and he's like, I look so preppy. I look like I'm a like a Tommy. I don't like model. it. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me funny of this like grunge kid dressed up in like a polo that Rachel picked out for him. Yeah. Oh, but what I was gonna say is, is, is it's funny we were talking about him being a grunge. Because while I was listening to this, I or while I was reading this, I was listening to my, um, my my playlist, which I entitle "Workout Music for Edge Lords," which is full of new metal and rap rock and mm-hmm. uh, psychosocial is there as well, <laughs> and Nirvana and a lot of Pearl Jam. <laughs> I love Eddie Vedder. It's, he makes me laugh. Because he's, he's got some that. problems with his father. Daddy! I, <laughs> while I was reading this, it was, um, I read this at like one in the morning yesterday, this morning, and um, I needed some something in the background, so I put in put on Cinderella in the background while I read this. The new thing. one? No, the old one, the classic. Oh. I just I'm realized, judging. I just realized, the lyrics for Alive by Pearl Jam kind of fit Tobias really well is like where is it where's a good one son she said have I got a little story for you what you thought was your daddy was nothing but a blank while you were sitting at home alone at age 13 your real daddy was dying sorry you didn't see him but I'm glad we talked is that not literally Tobias do they write this for him what the fuck and then the the chorus is I'm still alive what the- wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm kind of losing my mind. No, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know how- okay, wait. You know how people would write, like, song fix? Like, take a song and write fan fiction to, mm. like, p- the plot and the theme and the lyrics of the song? Is that in reverse? <laughs> Literally. Or- like, this is- someone should make, a like, an AMV. <laughs> an AMV of Animorphs. The Animorphs TV series set Somebody to Alive by Pearl Jim. If you're out there- that would be incredible. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, let's get into the Pearl book. Pearl Jam. Let's get into the book. So. His name is Tobias. His name is Tobias. And he's at another school dance. How many of these do they have? I don't know. We have like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's a little yeah, Anyway. He thinks it's he just... looks ridiculous. 
Yeah, because he's he's doesn't have his pocket chain. I mean, he's fuck. He doesn't have his pocket change, or and his and his his pants don't even have a single hole, and his he's not even wearing his jeans. So he's kind of like mad. He's wearing a tie. I mean, who is he? Um, who is he in this moment? Who is he in this? He moment? He doesn't look that's like actually, any better to me. That's the plot of the book. Oh, it's true. Um, I just realized also, another inter- another physical interpretation of Tobias could literally be um, Kurt Cobain. He had messy oh, blonde hair. Sure. It wasn't big and curly. It was greasy because he's a grungy man. But grungy I just man. realized that. I just I, I feel love- like I he puts me in a he puts me in a, in a grungy new metal rap rock mood. Absolutely puts me in an edgy mood. Another physical description of Tobias that we get from Tobias himself um, is that he, <laughs> he forgets to make facial expressions, and we know this. But he's like, oh, I also funny. zone out, and I have got like the raptor vision. I got the raptor stare. So he's just like staring at people. I in my head, Tobias. That's so blink. funny. Like he rarely ever. Blinks, he forgot so how to, kind of, like, and then he does, his eyes just start burning, and he's like, "Oh, what do I do?" <laughs> and Rachel's like, yeah, "You have to blink." Just, just blinking he's just like burning a hole in everybody's forehead and like i like the idea that like when he moves his head it's like very like jerky it's very bird-like um i love this image yeah like a pigeon (laughs) yeah just kind of like it's like that scene in it's always sunny in philadelphia when mac and charlie are just like staring at each other across the dining room and dennis is like why are you staring stop staring at him i don't know i've been watching a I'll send it to you, and you'll understand exactly it. what I mean. That's, it's, it's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. okay. Trust me, it's okay. Um, anyway, anyway so- she's at a dance, and, and, um, all of a sudden, um, he's, like, realizing, like, like, there's, like, 20 minutes left in his, he's in Human Morph, of course. And he's like, there's 20 minutes left. That's not a lot of time. And Marco comes up and he's like, you got to let loose, my bros. You got to commune with the rhythm. And that's when I sent you the gif of the kid doing the dance. (laughs) Which is literally Marco. Um, And Rachel literally asked Marco if he's high. And he's like, high on good music. High on life. High on life. High on life. Marco. Icon. Iconic and the legend iconic and anyway, anyway he's like rachel and tobias he's like tobias yeah tobias bit. is like this i don't like all the noise i don't like that i'm in this body like I, I can't i have to go and then she's like you mean you mean your body the body is the body this is what rachel's saying the body you're in now is your body tobias it's who you truly are <laughs> normally naturally this seems to be a reoccurring theme that rachel is just yeah. like, like ignoring like reality and like tobias even goes like why is she ignoring reality i don't like i'm like why can't she just accept that this is who i am every time this god he's so trans every time this gets brought up even in other people's books um everyone's like rachel is just in denial rachel is the one like tobias is fine rachel is the one who can't accept that this is who he is now um which is so true also it literally yes. is and it's actually a real problem that i that i <laughs> i'll point it out later it gets it gets worse um it but it is a real problem that i have a little bit better a little bit um but he's like yeah i've i'm running out of uh i'm dancing now we're dancing together but i'm running out of time the clock is ticking i have five i have eight minutes and and then he's like, I have to go. And then she's like, No, please stay. You know, like it's fine. We can stay a little bit longer. And then he's like, 
wondering, is she trying to, like, keep trap me in this morph? Me? Is she trying to trap me? Like, of course not. She wouldn't want that. Uh, yes, she would. <laughs> Maybe give her a little bit of credit. Like, uh, she is I mean, a warrior. And, like, she does want, like, they would lose him in the fight if he was, like, a person. I mean, if he stayed in the morph. You know what I was wondering? Uh, what? If someone loses their ability to morph, why can't they just touch the morph? I feel like we've been over this, but it's yeah. Mind. Why can't, why they, can't they just they touch, just the, touch morph the morph cube again? Cube again. The box. The box. They have. The I, box. I don't understand. Um, maybe yeah. that's like a hard and fast rule. I don't. It's stupid. It's a dumb rule, but I don't know. And and then he's like. He's like starts to run away, like like run outside, and she's like, "Hey, wait up! Wait, hey, wait up, wait up!" Um, and she's like, "I want to explain." And then he reaches like a sign that says like, uh, uh, "It's about red-tailed hawks," and it says a, a generous estimate of um, uh, a captive bird is eighteen years. And then it's like, "Oh, that's okay." And then she's like, "Look, I, I the fight is important to us all. So important to you that you've given up everything to be a, a, a warrior. What am I even saying? You risk your life every day. I, I understand that. We all do, or I do. We're, we're the same. You and me, we're warriors." And then she's like, "But there, you, there's more, though. I'm not just a warrior. I, I don't know. I don't like what it does to me. I, I, and I need to be like a girl again. I need a little bit of normalcy. Okay, not a lot, but some." And then this this bothered me because then Tobias comes to the realization she did need normalcy. Rachel had gone out pretty far off the edge in this war. And so it kind of makes it seem, at least from Tobias's point of view, or maybe from my point of view, that it's a little bit of Tobias being a, a means to an end. The end being a semi-normal life. Um, it seems just... like it can t potentially... I saw it that way. <laughs> that huh. it could potentially like have a, a bit of a problem with their relationship because that is what she said is like i need to have some normalcy and having a normal human boyfriend is like is how i can have that and that's why she also in like the last two books she's had she's seen like normal guys and been like huh what if like it would be nice to have a normal boyfriend i don't know it's just a a, a thing that colors their relationship and I think yeah, it's I think the thing with Rachel is like she wants that normalcy, but she can't have it with anybody because, like, even if she did have a normal human boyfriend, what like what would she tell that person? Um, like it, when she with like about the late nights and like the war that she's fighting. Like, what if that person is a controller? Like, she can only have normalcy with one person and that's Tobias but that's also the person that she can't have normalcy with like that's the only person uh, she has a chance with I think yeah I can this see that and I definitely department. no I, I this yeah. is not I definitely think department. yeah this is not your area of expertise it's not mine either <laughs> you know I've never been in a relationship really but like I do know I do understand that you kind of have to just kind of accept that your partner doesn't want to be a human and you're not going to be able to change that. But it seems like this is just something Rachel needs to work through. She and Tobias are going to stay mm -hmm. together is like, she needs yeah. to work through this, this delusion that like Tobias on some <laughs> level wants to, to, to change back permanently that he doesn't enjoy his life. And it, it really does. It reminds me of, um, 
if, if Tobias is a trans allegory, which, you know, it probably wasn't at the time. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was, I don't know. But if Tobias is a trans allegory, it does kind of remind me of how, you know, people in your life will, will still like love you in, in their own way. But they mm-hmm. do wish that you weren't what you are. And I do think that's true for a lot of kinds of marginalization. Like, mm-hmm. it's also true for disability, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really complex, but it really, it's, it's, it's something she needs to work to, towards because she cannot have her boyfriend merely be a means to an end. Like, that's just, yeah, that's, that's not a, how a relationship could work, yeah. you know? Rachel needs, he, he, he can't be the hinge. Like Rachel- this is problem. a Rachel problem. That yeah. just gets brought up in Tobias' books. Um, but this is like, this is this this is not his problem. Um, yeah. If she continues to have this thought process, though, I will continue to be anti-Robias. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not like, healthy. That's really that's I, really shitty of her to do, in my opinion. I will admit, I don't fully understand like that. We all know that's not my department. Uh, I don't understand romance at all. Um, so <laughs> that's this is okay. Me trying to wrap my head around the situation, the situation, yeah, the um, situation. I mean, it's not situation. even just like romance. It also, I mean, the tr- the same can be true of like uh, a platonic relationship. Is like you have to be able to respect your the, the person you're mm-hmm. friends with or or partners with as like their own person who has their own desires and needs that might be separate from you. And that's just something Rachel is having trouble with. <laughs> oh shit, sorry. Oh. Sorry, I just hit my mic. It's the CIA. Slapping <laughs> you through the, the CIA mic. is after you. <laughs> anyway, we've talked oh, about that okay. for a lot. Oh boy, page seven, 22 minutes, here we go. Um, so he's running, and he sees, uh, all, all of a sudden, he gets kind of outside, and he sees Eric the Chi, and he, who is he talking to? But uh, but Vice Principal Chadman. And Chadman is like... This this part confused me, because Chadman is like, I know I saw you throw away a cigarette. Eric is a robot. Is a a robo-dog. He's He's a a robo-furry. He doesn't need to smoke. Why would he smoke? I don't think he even can smoke. No, I I don't think he can. I don't think he did. I think, like, Chadman is just trying to, like, find a way to make him suspicious so he can figure out whether or not Eric is a spy? Okay. Because he's like, I know I, I saw you throw away a cigarette, and I was like, why would Eric's even, like, hologram be smoking? That doesn't make sense. Because it looks cool. Don't, don't <laughs> smoke. It does not, it's not cool. Lung cancer is not cool. It's not cool, kids. Don't smoke. Don't vape Wait, either. Mike is like, that's an Eric problem. He's like, this is not my problem right now. And he's yeah. looking it. He's like trying to find an exit. Apparently, one of the exits is blocked off because they like to corral children at school dances. Um, yeah. The- and then there's like another teacher that uh, remember that is like Tobias's only friend, Fister Feyroyan, who I thought was going to be a bigger deal because usually when a, char- a new character is named, they become a bigger deal in a book. But it's okay. And he's like, "Hey!" And Tobias is like, "Oh my god, I have, I have, the- I'm I have trapped on this here. side. I'm trapped on that side. I don't even know if Rachel is going to help me. I'm fucked." <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. But then she does help. So good for her. Yeah, she does help. So she, she's like, "I'll stall him. You climb over the fence." <laughs> Tobias scramble. It's like this chain link fence. 
you know, like at, at malls when they close the close down and they have like the the fence thing that gets drawn over the door, like the entrance. It's kind of one of those. Yes. And he like scrambles over it and then his shirt gets caught on one of the spikes at the top and he gets he's a boo boo dangling there and then, then it rips and he hits the ground running. Um and then after a long, excruciating moment, he starts to morph and then he's a hawk. Again. Yeah. Oof. Things are fine. And he flies, he flies away up. and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then he sees Jake and he's like, oh my God. Hey, Jake. <laughs> he, has a, he has an interesting, I don't know. I thought his relationship with Jake in this book is interesting. Because like they don't yeah. talk, but like Tobias knows all the tea on Jake. All of the tea. Like he knows, like he sees right he gets through. gets it. Which is yeah. so well, interesting. He's a hawk. <laughs> he's got good eyesight. <laughs> You're hilarious. Um, You're so funny. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but he's like, yeah, uh, he, he kind of gets where Jake is coming from. And it's actually quite sad, but I mean, I, it's not that sad because I relate because this is where I was found at high school dances. Is he's sitting outside on the steps, just kind of enjoying the quiet night. Oh. Yeah, the part that made me sad, this is the part of the book after Tobias was just like, had this, like this, I don't know. I thought the contrast between this moment of calm and like the panic attack that Tobias just had was when my star- heart started to get really heavy for this book. Um, mm. This book ruined my day retroactively. Yeah, um, you read it like two a.m. Yeah, it was it was really sad. Um, specifically, the part where he was like, "Where um, Tobias and Jake are just reminiscing on how this war has changed them, not just physically, but just like, you know." a little bit deeper um like jake doesn't even know the people in his class anymore tobias has not been to class in like a year i don't know um mm-hmm. i don't know they're just reminiscing on like the things that they used to do like jake used to be a really open guy um really popular but now like he sits alone he doesn't even know who of the like the other people in his class are all, that's like all he's thinking about is the war now um Tobias used to get bullied a lot but um and like his home life is terrible and now he doesn't even have a home and he's not even a human um and they're just reminiscing about this for a second and uh this is when I was like fuck Sad. This is mess <laughs> yeah this is um yeah, the reason why Jake is also depressed is because the chi have lost track of the anti-morphing way from the last book Thank God they continued with that. Mm. <laughs> I was worried they weren't going to. Me too. Because um, they, I mean, sometimes they just, like, drop shit and then just ignore it. When will Finestry come back? I know you love I'm him. so afraid. I'm so afraid that my, that my Jeff Bezos incel is never going to come back. I don't know if he's an incel. I just draw him as an incel. I'm just so worried he's never going to come back. Him. What? I still really An don't incel? understand. What, yeah, I don't want to. It's just a guy who can't get laid, and then he hates women. Oh, that's really okay. it. Yeah, he he. They just incels resent women because they can't get laid for for a myriad of reasons that are uh, uh um all their fault. Impossible to fix, and you might as well just take the black pill and resort to politics of resentment. And never try to better yourself and just complain on the internet about uh, um, 
Stacy's and Becky's and Roasty's ruining your life. Incels are fascinating to me. But that's this is not an incel podcast. Not yet. Okay. Anyway. Um uh yeah, he's like some some people come up to Jake and and, and Jake's like, uh, hi, you <laughs> and then he's like, I don't even know who these people are. Oh god. And then he's like, I'm glad you made it okay, you know, like you're our eyes, you're like our ears, our air force. If we lost you, we'd be like without Joan of Arc without her sword, Patton without his pearl handled pistols. And then uh Tobias is like, Cool. Um neat. And he's Stop like, I, I, you're making me blush. It's nice to, yeah, he's, it's like, it's nice to hear, but uh, with Jake, you can never really be sure anymore what was sincere and what was just expedient. <laughs> That's rough. That's that rough. Is rough yeah, I was like, oof, this is what I mean when, like, Tobias just kind of sees through everybody um, in, in this series. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get know. what you mean. I think Tobias, like, I want more books where it's exploring Tobias's relationship with people that aren't Rachel. Um, yeah. Like, no offense, no offense to Rachel, but I think like his relationships with the other animorphs um, is, is like just as important and just as interesting. Um, like, I wanna, I wanna have a Tobias and Marco moment. Like, where's, where's our Tobias and Cassie moment? Mm. Um, I also want more Tobias and Axe, and yeah, Tobias and Jake, because I think it's really interesting. Um, but yeah. yeah, anyway, so yeah, he was like, yeah, he'd been the most open of guys back in the day, but what you saw with Jake was what you got. But he'd been a leader for a long time now. He learned to say what he needed to say. Oof. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, all right, bye. Uh, and he goes towards Axe's scoop. scoop. Um. And then the next day, they're with the barn, and uh, he's scoop. on the rafter. It's just such the best word. Scoop. 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 Um, but he, and he goes to, to the rafter to keep a lookout for the people. And uh, they're just kind of like chilling. chatting. They're just kind of chatting and chilling. They're talking about cigarettes and how they're bad for you and stuff. Um, and uh, they're like, uh, Jake, 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 and Eric shows up. and He's like, "Hey, Eric has some news. It's not good because it's Eric." And they're like, "All right, they have the AMR, the anti-morphing ray, but they they don't have a test subject yet." And they're like, "Why can't you just test it on Visser three? You know?" And then he's like, "He's not gonna fucking volunteer. There's a chance it could prove fatal." And also, he's shockingly not that stupid. Um, and then Stop Eric me. is like. Eric is like, the next time you make an appearance, I believe the Yerks will do everything in their power to capture you, or failing that, at least fire the weapon on you. And then I'm like, didn't Visser 3 in the last book say that the next time he sees them, he's going to murder them? Visser 3 says a lot of things, and they're usually <laughs> death threats. <laughs> okay. That doesn't That's mean true. he's, he's gonna... quite inconsistent. <laughs> He's really theatrical. When he's like, one time he's like, I'm gonna eat you alive. The other time he's like, um, I'm gonna... Monologue. I'm gonna monologue. <laughs> I'm gonna strangle you. I'm gonna send one of my magical alien pets to Worms. do it for me, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, like the Michael yeah. Jackson tornado of death. Like, he's very inconsistent. His word doesn't yeah, mean he. Shit. He hasn't been a threat since 
in like twenty like, years. <laughs> He's been a threat since since he got the since he got Alaran's body. Let's all be honest here. Visitor three. Sorry to the Visitor three fans. I'm a Visitor three fan. Wait, you are a Visitor three fan. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I think anyone who loves Visitor three can recognize what an idiot man he is. He's an idiot, stupid man. Idiot, stupid man. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Jake is like, "All right, here's the tea. I think." Or well, yeah, we should let the Yurks capture one of us, provide them with their test subject. I have to say, whoever um transferred this book into the copy of the book I'm reading right now really needed to take a look at uh, you know, the the typos. There's a lot of grammar typos, typos, typos in this book. It's really strange. That's okay. Um but I mean I can understand what it is, but like it's just you know I read, true, guys. but like we take it for I mean, we're reading like a translation of you know, like a printed book, and then this this has also been like transferred to our computer. So like this this has passed through several hands. Like things are gonna get messed Probably. up. Probably. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway, Jake is like, we can provide them with a test subject. Me, for instance. I let them take me prisoner. The rest of you follow secretly. They'll lead us to the AMR, exactly where we want to go, in a position to destroy the weapon. And then Marco's like, are you fucking stupid? It's We're not, not doing plan. that. Yeah, but Marco is like, no way, like, you can do it. They'll forcibly demorph you, and then our covers are all gone. And then Rachel's like, yeah, that's stupid, but we should do it. But Jake can't do it. You're too important. I'll go. And then he's like, no. And then Axe is like, wait a minute. Maybe I should go. Because if they demorph me, all they'll see is an Andalite. And then Marco's like, that makes sense. And then uh, everyone's like, quiet. And then uh, they're like, oh, Jake has another idea in mind. He's just waiting for someone else to suggest it. Jake, you're the leader. You have to to say the things. I'm sorry, buddy. No, I get it. If I was, like, if I was Tobias right now, I would be mad because I don't like it when people, like, beat around the bush. Like, I think everyone should just be blunt. Um, I don't have time to solve your riddles. But, like... What do I look like? Oedipus? Yeah, like, I I get why he, like, doesn't want to, like, single Tobias out. Anyway, Tobias is, like, he clearly has another idea, and the other idea is that... It's me! It's Brittany, bitch! I'm the one who has to go. So the the logic is basically that since Tobias is a hawk, uh, the uh, uh, um, if they capture him, nothing will happen. So it'll look like the AMR doesn't work, and they won't get an Andalite or a human. Um, and yeah, it's pretty smart. Uh, I, I, and and Tobias, Tobias is like. Jake made a face I see too often. It's a look of disgust. Disgust with himself. He hadn't wanted to single me out, make me go on what might be a suicidal mission. He'd waited until I could volunteer. I, Jake, every single mission you guys go on is suicidal. But okay. No, I know, but like... Yeah. That, that, they do go on suicidal missions every time, but that doesn't mean that he should stop feeling bad about it. No, that's true. I just, uh, uh, yeah, I'm with Tobias here. I wish he hadn't waited. Because <laughs> um, now everyone's making a whole big tizzy out of it. But uh, Axe, Axe sees the T, and he's like, ah, you will need to acquire me. And he's like, acquire you? And he's like, 
Of but course. Of course. <laughs> but of course. But of course. And then he's like, what the fuck is that going to be like? Uh, okay. It's not bad. <laughs> and, uh, none of us had ever acquired an Andalite before. But right, we'll see. See what we see, I guess. I don't uh, that's... Yeah. But another thing that's happening is um, there's like an outdoor banquet that's happening in celebration of the sharing, which is the cult. <laughs> which is the town cult, which we love. Um, the town cult? You know, every every town has a cult. Um, Why? I can't believe... I, I'm still not over this name. Why would they choose to name it the, the most... The most ominous thing ever. Like, why not call it like, like, like the 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 Worm Scouts, like something fun. <laughs> I would join the Worm. The Worm Scouts of America, like. No, because I would I would join the Worm Scouts and get made into a controller. Yeah, same. So would I. <laughs> We'd be terrible. <laughs> we would be the worst. We would be the worst Worm Scouts. Yeah. Um. But they're like, all right, Jake is gonna go as is himself. Um, you know they, that will look an award. Tom's getting honored. A good. He's year getting an award. I guess for being a good year who fa- completely fucking failed at his job to kill the dad. Yeah, you had one job, and then got his leg broken. Yeah, sure, whatever. He's getting some sort of award. Um, because they built yeah. like a but new they won't, community they w- center, and they're like. Oh yes, a very cool community center. The grand opening, I guess. I don't know. And Eric's like, "You idiots!" Everyone's like, "What's so good about like a, what's so like what's the big deal about a community center?" And Eric's like, "It's the it's another entrance to the Yurk Pool. It's like a direct line. People can just nab people at the community center and turn them into Yurks. So flush them like, down the toilet. Flush them down the toilet. Do." And then they're they're yurks now, and they're like, oh. oh, yeah. Anyway, but that's a problem for later. We're gonna focus on the AMR. That's a problem for later. That's for later. Yes. Um. Um. But yeah. Axe and Axe and Tobias make preparations that evening for the for the for the award ceremony. This is the only good. And part Axe of the is book. like. Oh yeah, that not not like it's the only part of quality, but like no, I get what you mean. It's the only like happy. fun to an enjoyable experience. <laughs> happy, uh-huh. happy time. Mm-hmm. Um Axe goes But Axe is like Tobias, this is a special moment, <laughs> is it not? <laughs> it's a special moment. Well you are He's I mean, like, Well We are related, are we not? Sort <laughs> of. He says, Are we not? Is it not? Are we not? Is, is it, it not, not true? Are you not? You are not Andalite exactly, but you carry Andalite heritage. I'm glad I will have you. I'm glad you will have that DNA in you from now on. It is a very unique genetic. It's a very mixture. unique genetic mixture. You. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know about the unique genetic mixture. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so Thank I was just you. like, okay, we don't Thank know how much you, you think of your species, Axe. Axe is like. I do hold an I do. regard. It is true. It is true. But I honestly it's admire true. my culture. I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this. There way. are things I would like to teach you. No. Why do you sound? <laughs> no. Why do you sound like the librarian yeah. from Tinkerbell's Secret of the Wings? 
He's got like Thank this. you. That is so that is like the best thing you could have said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing like a more um who's the flower one? The iconic flower one. Oh. Oh my god, what's her name? She's like a she's like a, a southern, southern bale. Um it's, I can't remember any of their names I'm, except for uh, Vid, Vid, no I can't Vidya? even remember any of their names Vidya the lesbian yeah she was really mean I wanted to be her when I Vidya and then the sunflower the Her sunflower Dessa. one I, I shipped them so hard Viridessa top tier she's pretty anyway I can't remember any of their names except for those two I guess um, and he's like I did have a, technically a right to this. I have a right to this DNA. I am part and light, if not genetically. God knew how, or at least the Elemis knew how. It's like a, it's it is, it's yeah, it's a theoretical, theoretical genetic heritage. <laughs> let's be, yeah. let's be honest here. He's like, but I had a you, right to I, it, I, and he's not, excited me. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, and he's like, all right, I'm ready. So he acquires and he, Max um, in this very, like... Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was, like, a very tender moment. The way that they just, like, sit there together. Homies. The homies. The bros. The bros. <laughs> the uncle and the weird nephew. Who is a bird. Yeah, that's... Such, I don't like it. It's so strange. The <laughs> alien uncle and the nephew who is a bird. <laughs> who is a bird. <laughs> I love this book series. It's so strange. It's so strange. But so wonderful. I do love it. Um, but he like morphs into, he morphs into and light. He turns British. Uh, <laughs> he, um, the the feeling that he he um gets the like immediate sensation that he gets is uh, optimism, intense optimism. Um, and then Axe explains like, ah, this is the Andalite mind in its untrained state. Our culture teaches us to temper and control our optimism, to give equal value to realism. We have become, regrettably, a race of warriors, but that, that is in response to necessity. <laughs> Tell yourself whatever you need to, pal. Down deeper beneath that, I believe we are a peaceful species, in love with learning, not combat. But to learn and to fight, you must be joyful. I think an ancient Andalite inscribed that on a shormitor. <laughs> what? I really like that. Um, like, I don't know. I like that idea. And I like that it was mentioned here because I feel like that could be something that they lean into further down the series. Because, like, when this lore is over, like, what are the Antholites going to do? Like, yeah, what are they going to do? Maybe Axe can lead them back to that love of learning instead of a love of combat. Like, help them remember themselves a little bit if he can remember this yeah i think that would be that would be nice like valuable turn of event for andalites but then again uh we also predicted that maybe they'll be like uh work they'll just get worse so we'll see what happens but i (laughs) i would like them to. i i don't know i i i know we're very anti-andalite in this um but in this in this podcast we are but i will say we're mostly anti-Andalite government. I'm not anti indiv yeah. well, I'm anti some individual Andalites, you know? In the same way that I am also anti-Yerk government, because they're both colonizing pieces of shit. 
I mean, to be but, fair, we're also, like, anti-kind of our own government and our own, like, government individuals. So. Yeah, but I'm not anti-human. Yeah. I love people. People can be great. And I think... I think humans are wonderful species. And I think... It, just yeah, sometimes I, we're assholes to each other. So true. Yeah, I think it's important. Just <laughs> so to, true, like, bestie. Separate the hatred for, like, the system and not hatred for, like... Individuals. Individuals. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I really Very hope that true. Andalites can return to this origin of, like, love and learning and peace. Because that I think would be every nice. species deserves peace. Um, so. Yeah, it's a complex question, though. Yeah. Um But he, like, explains, like, that Shormators are, like, al- tailblade carvings mm-hmm. um, made in like rocky outcroppings on the shores of the Alupra and he's like I saw them when I was much younger and he's like ah uh, yeah the, the shormators on the Alupra that I learned uh, that's how I learned early tail fighting like techniques because the t- early tail fighting masters spent a lifetime trying to cultivate and listen to instinct trying to forget what culture had taught them it's like an innate defense mechanism as you humans call it which is interesting he's like, because, um, remember in the Andalite Chronicles when Elfanger was, like, practicing and he was really, he really sucked at fighting, but then yeah. in combat, when he just, like, turned his brain off, he was, like, godly? This is the same thing. I just thought that's this is the same thing. a nice throwback. Interesting. Yeah. Um. True! Um, and then he's like, alright, time to teach you something. It's called the torf. <laughs> it's like a a torf. It's like it's like the the hitting things with the just a flap. the f- the flap. It's the flap. It's the flap. Yeah. Uh, and he fucks up and like fully stabs the tree and is like, oopsie. <laughs> and then he can't get his tail out of a tree. And it's very funny. It's a funny moment. Um, and then act like grabs his yeah, then arms they and tries to like pull <laughs> pull his tail out of the tree, and then they both fall. And it's really funny. Have you ever seen a horse fall and like try to get back up? It makes me so sad. It's really I have. sad, but in this moment, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, "All right, let's get a drink." And then they drink with the hoof, and he's like, "Oh, creepy, but awesome." And then um, he's like, "All right, time to do the ritual." And the and us like the ritual. And he's like, yeah, this is a ritual. Time to learn some Andalite rituals. And he um he does the ritual, which is, oh my god, this made me so happy. It's literally just, they go up to the, to, they look to the sunset, and they're like, from the rising of the, sun, of the sun to the setting to its rising again, we place what is hard to endure with what is sweet to remember and find peace. That's it. That is it. I like it. Me too. I like it too, you guys. That is such a beautiful line. <laughs> I I like it. Yeah. Too. I but, I like I like I like that. We both just pop out of the bushes and we're just like, we like it too. We like it too. And they're like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck? <laughs> oh god. Anyway, uh, it's Saturday imagine, night, baby. Like, Disco time. Can you imagine what would if we were in the series? Just it would be twice as long. Ruining just, moments left and ruining right. Ruining moments left and right. We would just fuck so much shit up. We would just unintentionally, of course. We're just bad. Yeah. We'd be like like 
like we're trying to be the elemist, but we're actually the drode. <laughs> <laughs> like we just suck. Like we're elemists, but we suck at our jobs so much. Yeah, they're like, oh, great and mighty elemist, you stupid little. Bi-. We're like, oh no 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 no, wrong one. We're. Uh... What's up, cock? <laughs> What's up, bitches? Uh, who wants to go back in time? And then we have an entire argument in front of the kids about time travel. About time travel. <laughs> and be- and I'm always the one sending people back in time, and you hate it. Um, and I'm like, no, you're ruining time. Like, <laughs> you're ruining the timeline. And I'm like, you're I'm ruining everything. <laughs> having a good time. I don't see the problem with this. Um, and they hate us. The problem. <laughs> yeah. That's also why we pose as Yerks, because uh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I like how no matter where we insert, like all of our self inserts in this series so far are just like, we just suck. Like, we just objectively suck. Like, we're just bad at our job. <laughs> we're just bad. Like, that's hilarious. That's because um, <laughs> it's true to life. It's called realism. Um, and it's because we also look at our jobs in real life. <laughs> we suck in the podcast. Hey, I was good at Jimmy John's. No, I meant this. I job. jimmied that John. I know you jimmied that John. I meant this job. <laughs> Don't ever. <laughs> no. I know you jimmied that John. I saw you jimmy it. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I'm gonna vomit. Then get back. I'm gonna vomit. Anyway. It's Shaboom, clap the sound of my heart. It's Saturday night, disco time, baby. <laughs> they're at, they're at the, the publicity gala, um, and they're about to start uh, uh, the speech. How much and, money um, does the sharing have? I, do- I mean, they can afford a limo. <laughs> Probably several limos at this point. Yeah. Oh my god, do you think that Visser 3 just has like a Jay Leno garage of full of like... Those? cool limo he's like into cars he's kind of like he got that thing from el fangor but he's into cars now he's like oh yes this is my um this is my jaguar model 769 uh uh limo it comes with race but it's just like like really into cars that's funny i was more thinking that he has like the same limo but just like an infinite amount of the same one yeah like, like, that too. It keeps getting destroyed uh, because the the like the anorks keep blowing it up or whatever. Um, but he just comes back with like uh, a new one of the same model every time. Like yeah, and they're like, infinite. where the fuck? <laughs> and then like his advisors are like, um, uh, listen, uh, my liege, um, do you think it may not be more more uh, uh, acceptable to have perhaps a um. A more durable kind of car, and and, and Visser Three is just like, no, you shut the fuck up. I will use the limo. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm traveling in style. I'm getting style points, not strength. <laughs> like he just like is very mad whenever anyone anyone suggests he do something better. This feels very in canon, and I love it. Well, he's a terrible boss. Anyway, so true. But what he isn't is a, a what he is what he is good at is writing speeches. Because they start doing the speech, Axe is freaking out because he's eating cotton candy. They need to stop sending Axe and Human Morph to things. Oh yeah, um, Marco almost drowns in the fondue, and then Jake is Jake is sitting there at the table, and he like can't do anything because it'll blow their cover, and he's just like rolling his eyes like a tired dad as Axe like sticks his entire face. In the font in in the chocolate fondue fountain, 
Um, I guess so. Rescue Marco, and then with the precision of a surgeon, (laughs) um, Axe takes a strawberry and lifts Marco out, and Marco is like, "Don't eat the strawberry! Don't do not eat eat me!" What's funny though, yeah, that's that's this whole thing is ridiculous. But then, like they, while this is all happening, they're doing like a very like fun speech. And then I made the note, like, well, because the speech is like, three words encapsulate the sharing's appeal. Opportunity, involvement, dedication, change. Hmm, that's four. But then, like, all, just like, that's just like the sharing, isn't it? Exceeding expectations. And I was like, oh, Mr. Three took some notes from that seminar training. <laughs> he 100% wrote that speech. Oh, 100%. He 100% wrote that speech. Oh, speaking of He's like, three. this is going to kill him. This is going to kill him. Speaking of Mr. Three, um, our favorite gold boss. Um, there's like a oh. fly that is Cassie. Cassie's flying around and she lands on Jake's forehead uh, to be safe. And Fizzer 3 goes to like slap. Yeah, he's the fly. he's there in human morph. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's there in human morph. And he goes to like slap the fly off of Jake's forehead. And Jake's just like, <laughs> he like grabs his wrist and Cassie flies away. And I was just like, what a moment. What a moment. I just thought that yeah. was very funny. That also, this made me laugh. is just fully prepared to like just bitch slap a person that he doesn't know. <laughs> so funny. Um, but visit, yeah, visit three is there in human war. And then Tobias is like, I suppose he could have pass for your average benign suit, but if you actually looked at him, <gasps> you sense that incredible coldness, emptiness, the dark evil that destroys life like a hand closing strong fingers around your throat. Give me a. Point. I sensed his evil across the. <laughs> I will never not be funny. <laughs> it will never not be funny. They just really love to. Because he sucks. Up. They just really do. I sensed his evil across the cosmos. I think, I think after the secret, we've just never been able to take him seriously again. But neither has the secret. He's not won a single thing in the main series. True. I think they do. I think this is on purpose, though. Like, I think this is intentional. Is it a jo- like? Is it he's a meant to be a joke at this point? Because they still keep talking him up, like know. he's like a big old deal. The only people we ever see him kill are just like regular goons that no one cares about. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's not even the the most intimidating villain in this book. That belongs to a TikTok teen. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> later. TikTok teen, TikTok teen. Um. Anyway, Visitor Three almost slaps Jake. Um. Um. They just kind of like <laughs> Jake kind of grabs his fist. They just kind of look at each other, I and then he's him. like, and he looked at me. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Anyway, it's like intense stare off, which is interesting. It's like, I thought you guys were trying to keep a low profile. Yeah, and Visitor 3 is like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. And Jake's like, it's okay, I don't scare you. I don't scare easily. (laughs) Please. The the one line. I, 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 oh my god. It's like, I'm, okay, I'm rewatching, this is gonna be weird. I'm rewatching Batman the Animated Series, and I love that Bruce. (laughs) Yeah. You definitely haven't been talking about it. I definitely have not been drawing art. Um. But uh, he, Bruce, just absolutely refuses to keep up. Like, 
<laughs> like at every opportunity, he just loves making himself making it obvious that he's Batman. And that's so funny to me. <laughs> like he'll like ominously stare off into the middle distance and then call Alfred and be like, Alfred, bring around the car. <laughs> like it's like Bruce, please. Bruce, please. That's Especially, what this reminded me of. I love how in every single iteration of Batman, one thing is consistent, and that's Bruce is a drama queen. Drama I, drama love drama. I love Bruce Wayne. I love Bruce. Batman. I love Batman. I love Batman. I love that man. <laughs> I love Bruce it's Wayne. It's great. I love every iteration of Batman. I don't love every iteration of Batman. All-Star Batman's pretty god-awful, but I do love most iterations of Batman because especially wait. the one like in the original series. Oh my god, that's gonna be so fun! Oh my god, um, the Batman! Oh, the Batman! <laughs> I like how in the um in the animated series he's like not as stoic as he is in later iterations. He like makes fun jokes and like calls them like lesson up dirtbag. Like he does that kind of shit. That all kind of went away in in Batman: The New Adventures, and then it's completely gone. Well, it's not completely gone in Batman Beyond. He does still have a sense of humor. I don't know which one I like more, but I do like that in he's just he's kind of more of a person who mm-hmm. who like <laughs> is just more of a person. He's a lot more like Bruce Wayne um in Batman the animated series, if that makes sense. Anyway, mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan played a really good Batman. So I think his performance is underrated. Anyway. Anyway, this is not a Batman podcast as much as we may wish it to be. Um uh, one day. One day. Uh, he, like, ends up in the community center, Tobias does, because Jake breaks a window, he flies through the window. Um, and then they're like, cool, let's fly around. Him and Axe are flying, or are walking around. Um, and they see a bunch of computer screens that have, um, stuff on them. And, um, then this, they, they try to enter the, uh, another room, and then... <laughs> Uh, they enter a room and there's like a bunch of hork bajirs sitting around a table with cards in their hands. And I was like, like the painting with the dogs? <laughs> yeah, I like to imagine that one of them has like a visor. Like, you know, like a mm. poker visor. And it yeah. would be funnier if they're not playing poker. They're playing Uno or something. They're playing Go Fish. Playing Go Fish. Fucking oh go my fish. gosh. Fucking Go Fish. I cannot do this again. Um... But the, what's so funny about that is that these aren't, like, human control. Like, these are Yerks. They just saw humans playing poker probably in the Yerk pool and were like, oh, I think we're taking that. Thank you. And oh, now they play cards. Like, it. how funny is that? <laughs> sure. Like, they really just saw somebody playing cards and they were like, yes. Huh. Huh. Okay. Y'all look, can y'all teach me the rules? <laughs> we call this cultural exchange everybody i'm just kidding <laughs> i hate you anyway some stuff happens i have to be honest this part is not that important uh but some stuff happens this they don't really get caught they almost get caught i'm a bit confused but yeah, it's unimportant it's unnecessary like, runs for his life for no reason it's so it looks authentic this is an actual attack um they fucked some shit up eh. Yeah, anyway, um, they discover that the secret entrance to the thing is at the playground. Yay. Cool. Playground. So they round up all the people, and they're at the jungle gym, 
and they're like, all right, they see one of the guards going under the under the under the slide, pressing some buttons, and then a door opens, and they're like, cool, <laughs> let's go through the door. So Tobias flies through the door, and Rachel is on Tobias as um a uh, a fly a fly I believe or a flea a fly I think it's a fly. I think it's a fly. It's a fly. Um, and they're like, Rachel is like, all right, uh, can you please take care of yourself? Like, don't do anything stupid. He's like, I will. I have a lot to lose. Uh, and then they kind of fly inside and they fly into it. And cool. I'm going through this very, um, quickly because I don't want to waste time. Because we're we're about to talk for a long time about what happens to uh, Tobias. Yeah, no. It very short, very shortly, (laughs) and this doesn't matter. Of how they get into the Yorkshire layer is not really important. Um, There's like flashing lights. There's action. Stuff happens. Um, The important thing is that Yerk and Rachel get into the tunnel. Yerk and Rachel. Oh my God! Tobias and Rachel get into the Yerk tunnel. Um, Both the rest of the they get in the Tobias tunnel. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, and and then the and then this is great. This is what I was talking about. So the lights turn on, and they see a girl in front of them. She's a human, and she looks a lot like Rachel, but not. She's like a couple. She's probably like a couple years older, so she's like fifteen, sixteen. I was, and she's like tall, seventeen. Yeah, that that's valid. Uh, I think it's even more sad though if she's like. It's it's sadder the younger that she is, to me. But it it suffice to say she's like a teen, like a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like looks a lot like Rachel. She's like blonde, tall, thin. She's wearing chinos. She's wearing khakis. That's hilarious. Um, and loafers, and then like a knit top. And she's like preppy, a supermodel, and a yerk. And she's and Tobias is like, what the fuck? The fuck is it? <laughs> what are you doing here? Who are the, who are you? And and and. And uh, Sis Chapman is like, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, with one in hand, we'll soon catch the others, even if there's only one in, in Bird Morph. We'll catch the others soon. And then Chapman is like, <laughs> a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And she's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you sound like a pun-spouting villain from a Batman movie. And he's like, yes, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am, I mean subviscer. And it's a subvisor, ha! So she's a subvisor. Cool. Cool. Um, yes. She's like, she... Yeah, she's like, didn't think we'd be waiting for you, did you? Well, here we are. Oh, so I, I like, I just want I to imagine that she this. starts off this, like, with her voice really soft and cold, and she ends the book screaming. Like, mm. um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I love surprises, don't you? Um. I and she goes, oh, I did I forget to introduce myself? So sorry. Oh my god. Subvisor 51, <laughs> second in command to Visor 3 in this part of space. Call me Taylor. Chapman's Call like me Taylor, husband, girl. Name, and she's like, shut up, Chapman. Shut up! <laughs> it's so good. It's I love this character. I, I mean, TikTok teen. Tic- I Literally a TikTok teen. She's, we'll get into it later. Also, she I has... Think- she's an excellent villain and i love her 
she's a fascinating character. But another thing that's important is she has uh, a, a, a prosthetic arm. Uh, it's like a pearly, plasticky white. Uh, and she smacks Tobias with it. And she's like, ow. <laughs> Tobias is like, ow. Um, but yeah, I, I in my head, um, I, I saw her as... Um, uh, uh, well, I mean, last night when I was trying to figure out what she looks like, I, I was looking up TikTok teens. I started with Addison Ray, and then I ended up going with Zoe Laverne because she's blonde. I know. <laughs> I don't really know either. I'm not even on TikTok. I just know the video of Zoe Laverne like freaking out because she doesn't have as many like followers or something as Addison Ray. And it's so funny. And I was just like, this is that energy. But also, she does have some serious mental problems. Taylor is not well, but we will get into that later. Hmm. I just love that her name is Taylor, and and Chapman is giving me some weird energy, though. Especially considering she's a teenager. I don't like the energy we've created in the studio today. It's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. like it. <laughs> anyway. Chapman needs to get it together. Um. Yeah. They, uh, uh, Tobias starts to escape. Uh, he's grabbed by a hork and then Taylor extends her hand and like, <laughs> like some some dust comes out, like particulates come out, and and like Tobias is like full of stinging pain and he's like ah, and Rachel's like oh, <laughs> and they're completely paralyzed. And so is uh, Chapman. And then she's like, and Chapman. Uh, she's like, oh, oh dear. Am I the only one who remembered to take the antidote in advance? Oh, wait, did I forget Oops. to tell you all? Hmm. Gather up these fools. I love her. <laughs> oh I my god, she's already, already her. a better villain than Visser 3. How is that possible? Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I love her. Yeah, she's great. She's so good. <laughs> I just love that she's like... A little, a little preppy blonde bitch, and she's just like fully like <laughs> super evil. <laughs> like it's great. It's it's very fun for me. Very fun. Um, and and Tobias is like Rachel, demorph, please demorph. Oh my god! And then he's like silence, no answer. I was alone. Uh, tough break. It gets tougher though. Um. Because he's like he's like being hauled off somewhere, and then he's in total darkness, and then he realizes he's been stuffed into a box, like, uh, oh, he started to he had started to morph into an andalite, by the way, um, and that's when they froze him. Yeah, uh, well, no, no, he's like, uh, partially bird, partially andalite, because they they froze him halfway through the morph, um. And he's like in a straight jacket in a box. And then she he's like, This is uh stoop this was a stupid fucking plan. This was inconceivable arrogance on our parts. We had underestimated our foe a fatal error. Fatal. The um hawk part of his body is like starts to use like a like a like like um a death moan, <laughs> like a defeated moan. Um and he's like, I'm going to be trapped as a horrific half-morphed creature. That'll be my fate. I bet Andalites don't even have a word for that tragedy. And all of a sudden, shaboom, shablap. Uh, he's in, uh, the lights turn on. Um, and he's in another box. 
but it's like a cube. It's like a glass cube. It's like four foot, like big enough for him to move around. It's really fucking bright, um, and it's like just white. It's it's really just like a big ice cube. Mm-hmm. He did worse. Um, that's yeah. He, and the cube is and the Taylor's like in like the center of the room, like Avenger style. That that box. Oh like, yeah. Loki in. Like it's just Loki. Kind of Loki box in, in the middle of the room, which I thought was very cool. Um. Yeah, and then Taylor Subvisor Fifty One is on like a platform in front of her. She sat alone at a long table near the door of a large, gloomy, windowless room. Um, and then there's like an mm. Italian of Orkajir behind her. I love this visual. Of her. Yeah. And then he's, she's like, there's no way out. There's no point in looking around. You know, like, why are you still a bird? Like, you don't want to do more for nothing? Like, that's okay. You can just like stay how you are now. Um, cause I'm about to show you the, the, the very latest in your technology. She presses a big red button. Um, and then like, boom, just a, an electric jolt is sent through his entire body and he collapsed and, and Taylor is like, ouchie. Yeah. He, he goes, an electric jolt grabbed my beak and sent a shock through my body from wings to tail and back again. I collapsed stunned to the floor. Ouchie, Taylor said. Fauci, ouchie. I love her. <laughs> She's great. Um, so but good. um, guess who walks up? Boop a doop a doo. It's Mr. Three, and he's like, ah, nice. Doing good job. Doing good job, Taylor. <laughs> so, and he's like, I was detained by the festivities outside. Did he get drunk? And he's like, need a little tipsy. Huh? Did he do a shot? I wonder if he did. (laughs) Do you think if he got drunk as a human and then morphed back into an Andalite, do you think he would get sober or no? I I don't know. Because it still uses, it's it's, because it's not like a new... I don't know. hmm, I guess part of it is of morphing is creating new... Um, biological fu- functions that are then discarded at the end. But like, hmm, I wonder. I don't know. I mean, like, if you consider, maybe if you consider being drunk as like a like a wound or like a like a sickness. You know how like when they morph. Oh, oh. Kind of, they like, you know, like their wounds go away. Yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. Uh, step one: get visitor drunk, know. and then note the results. Great, let's get on. <laughs> yeah, put that on my notes, doctor. <laughs> anyway, uh, and they're like, he's like talking to um, uh, uh, Tobias, and he's trying to like bait him. He's like, oh yeah, we found a an Andalite bandit in the woods. We followed him from here back to his shelter. Uh, we completely destroyed the scoop, of course. It's touchingly primitive the way Andalites live, because you're like a claustrophobic species, aren't you? Always craving the open air. Your compatriot is now random floating atoms in the open air. And then Taylor is like the only one who laughs at the joke. <laughs> Taylor has a complex relationship 
with Visser 3. It's interesting. <laughs> she really wants to be impressive. <laughs> it's, yeah. I think she wants to be like him. For sure. This is like her idol, I guess. Um, yeah, it makes me sad because it's kind of obvious later in the book Visser 3 doesn't give a fuck about anyone. No. It's especially not some random sub Visser, no matter how evil she is. Absolutely. Or how similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care so, about anybody but himself. Um, I would feel. Yeah. That's rough, Taylor. But also, I don't have. I have sympathy for her, but she's still an awful human being and uh, awful year. Uh, awful person. <laughs> yeah. But I keep we're we're jumping ahead, goddammit. Um, um yeah, they like, try out the Yeah? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say they try out the AMR, the ASMR on <laughs> on Tobias. And um uh they press the button and some doctors come out and they, they start up the AMR and they shoot it at Tobias and um nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing. <laughs> and uh, um, Visser 3 is just kind of looking. And he's like, hmm. Okay. Um, All right. So that doesn't work. So you feed him to the Texans. I'm <laughs> dead. Yeah. Um, it isn't described in graphic detail, but mm, enough detail about how Visser 3 goes, hmm. That sucks, and proceeds to feed these two scientists in front of Tobias to a horde of taxons, limb by limb. Just pretty. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway. But then, like, something actually interesting does happen because Visser 3 is like, all right, uh, make the Andalite demorph subversor, and then you can keep the body, you can infest him. And then I was like, damn, that actually. Even though I don't think he cares as much about her, that doesn't mean that she that he like trusts her a lot. Like, because there's not any other year he would allow to infest an Andalite. There's no. not a single one, except for Taylor, which is fascinating. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially because infesting an Andalite is what promoted him to a visor, like a full visor. So. Right. Yeah. So, um... The implications of that are strange. Are and interesting. Strange. Um, yeah. So, interesting. Uh, and he was like, okay, make the Andalite demorph, infest him. This is your specialty. Don't disappoint me. He leaves. Bitch. She's like, we're gonna have some... <laughs> we're gonna have... Yeah. She's, she's like, and she's like looking at the hork while, while she's looking at the hork you're dangling these humans into the taxon pit. And she can, like, Tobias is like, I can see that, like, she's kind of seeing um, a glimpse of, she's like, maybe she'd guessed that she'd glimpsed her own future. And she's like, okay. And she looks at Tobias and is like, you can make this easy, Andalite, or you can make it horrible. It's all up to you. I love a torture technician. That's one of my favorite TV tropes. I, I it's one of my favorite, favorite tropes is a torture technician. I absolutely So agree. fun. They're just... Because I'm fascinated by violence and pain. <laughs> They're so good. Anyway, she's like, you'll be soon trapped in more of Andalite. Surely you don't want to live your life as a bird. <laughs> and he's like... And he's like, mm, nah, bitch. bitch. 
<laughs> Youch. Don't be rude. And then he's like looking, he's looking at her and, and he's like, they have the same, they resemble each other so disturbingly. Disturbia. And it's like, but I knew deep inside that she and Rachel were like night and day, or at least night and twilight. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Anyway, she presses a button and then boom, pain, horrible pain, awful, awful pain, the worst pain you could ever imagine. And then she's like, demorph. And he's like, no. And then she's like, okay. It's really quite beautiful, though, isn't it? Some of our best scientists spent nearly a decade perfecting it. The concept is uh, quite simple. You see, I have direct, unhindered access to the parts of your brain that control emotion and physical sensation. And then she, like, giggles. <laughs> like a girl. Um, and then she's like, I can make you feel anything, you know? But mostly, uh, I'm gonna make you feel pain. And that right there, that was the lowest setting. So, uh, get ready for a couple hours of that, but worse. <laughs> worse. Yeah, and he's, meanwhile, he's just laying, like, lying on the ground, just trying to remember how to breathe. His hawk, bo- his box, whoa, his rocket box, <laughs> his hawk body. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Those are, um. You want a hawk body? <laughs> rock and box are um they're like robots they're like construction robots that we oh like, i was fully doing like britney i was like you want a hawk body oh. you want a bugatti no, I you want a maserati <laughs> you better morph bitch we're we, we're doing a lot of britney today even before we started recording um i've been in like a britney mood that's so fair anyway he's like just whimpering on the floor and she's like well, this might be easier than okay. I anticipated. Don't give in too quickly, though. I don't want Fizzer 3 to think anyone could do this job. Ready? One more time. For fun. And then she hits it, and he's just... Once more with feeling! Once more with feeling. Screaming. Just... And then he's like... Endless, indescribable, staggering pain. Pain that ate into me, chewed at my guts, twisted every nerve ending. Oh. And he's like, the human part of of him is like screaming, like, tell her, tell her, make it stop, tell her, tell her everything. And then the hawk part of is like, the hawk part is like, all right, no way out. Uh, Like, didn't know how it could make the pain end. And already for the hawk, the pain had become a fact of life. Reality. Life was hunger. Life was killing. Life was danger. Life was pain. Hawk could manage it. The boy Tobias screamed. The hawk Tobias had already begun to accept the pain. And it's been, and he's already starting to lose control of uh, reality as the pain is just off, on, off, on, off, on. And he's like telling himself, like, let go, let go of yourself, let go of, of Tobias, the boy. It's the only way that you can defend yourself from this. Close down your human mind. It's the only hope. And then he starts to feel the pain again. And as he's trying to dive, into the raptor self um he he can suddenly see yeah this is fascinating he's starting to see memories of his own human life and he's like no 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 this is not what i want turn it off yeah and then he's trying to turn off his human brain but instead it's all like he can see so he's hallucinating that he's 
um, with his uncle who just is ignoring him. Like he's telling his uncle about a drawing that the committee had picked uh, of his um, to like win a prize. And his uncle was like, well, if you didn't win any money, then it doesn't matter. Um, his aunt doesn't want him like just of his terrible home life as he's trying to like retreat into his half body. It's not working. Yeah. And he's like, it was like someone had set up, set out to shove my life in my face. Here, Tobias, take a look. Take a look at your life and the lives of the normal kids. Take a good long look. And then he goes upstairs in his hallucination and looks in the mirror and he does not see Tobias. He sees the hawk. And he's like, no, no, no. And Taylor is like, just give it up. Do you think I like doing this? And then she giggles again. She's like, I will break you. I will. Now demorph, Andalite. Surrender and the pain will end. What's crazy about this is that Tobias would have 100... I mean, the boy Tobias would have 100% demorphed by now, but Tobias, he just can't. He cannot, yeah. He cannot like, give in to Taylor's request, so he literally does just... He's just forced to suffer. Yeah, um, there's, even if he wanted to demorph, he literally can't. He could morph into Axe, but, like, what is the point? And, like, this... He would his, immediately then demorph again. Yeah, this is his... This is his body. He has nowhere to go, and she doesn't even know that. So she's torturing yeah. him for nothing. He's suffering for nothing. And then he's like, he goes he's back into his mind, and he sees he sees Rick Stathis, who's a bully. And uh, all of a sudden, then he sees Arya, the fake woman who said that she cared about him. Another person who had lied to him. It was a dupe. Again, false hope. Never trust. Never. And then she, uh, Taylor is getting angry. And the cube is hot and stifling. And he's struggling to take a breath. And he suddenly goes back to being slammed against the lockers. And then he lands on the floor of Jake's attic. Uh, trying to eat um, the food he was too squeamish to kill. And then he's staring out at the crescent moon. And he's like, I want to go home, I cried in a whisper, but I knew as soon as I spoke, I had no idea where home even was. And then she's like, you're light years from home. And he's like, had I spoken aloud? Your people are trillions of miles away. They grow weaker every day. There's no one to save you. And then he sees himself as the prey, the, the hunted in every story of animal cruelty Cassie had ever told us about. You know, the goose that was hunted, that was chased by uh, boys with baseball bats, a fly scared on the concrete, uh, 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 a man-made shadow tracking a wolf who is trying, like, getting shot at. He keeps trying to tell himself to breathe as he's being shot at as another victim of slaughter. And then he's like, but I am wolf and human. I, I see more. I understand more. Uh, and then he suddenly sees Visser 3 towering over Elfangor. Uh, the Visser sh shrill cries of victory over the father I never knew. My link to everything strong, enduring, and good in the universe murdered. And then he feels anger, and he's like, leave me free. But the anger wouldn't go. And then he hears a, uh, he has an image of him hunting a squirrel and he pierces the squirrel's heart and the squirrel makes a noise that can't be made by a squirrel. Um, and T Taylor is starting to get really mad and she's yelling at him to demorph, uh, you stupid, tiresome bird. And then, uh, the hawk is still 
tightening its hold on Tobias. The human is, is screaming and the bird is only feeling acceptance. And then he, he looks down and he realizes he's strangling uh, another animal that's kind of nondescript with human hands. And he's like, no, no, this is not right. And then he suddenly shoots down to kill the human hands. Then he's a hork uh, um, feeling thousands of wounds. And then uh, he, he keeps going back and forth between all of these animals of, of a hork taxon, a rabbit, a squirrel, a human. My head filled with screams, everything red, excruciating, endless, endless. Violent images rushing past like the landscape out a car window. Was this payback? Was that it? And then silence, peace. Slowly, completely, the agony drained away. The red circle flickered and dimmed. Huh. That was that only was... like two pages. That was only two, two chapters. Pages. Yeah, two chapters. Um, but twenty years in my mind. Of, of... <laughs> twenty. Four. I've aged forty years. I've aged forty years. There, there, there are lines on my face now, and uh, there's. Um, there's agony in my heart for Tobias. Uh, I was crying at this point. There's a god-awful shitty feeling of dread in my heart. I wasn't crying, but I was getting that, like, because I was reading this very late at night as well. I was getting that, like, chest tightening, like, Mm -hmm. awful feeling, that that awfully good feeling (laughs) that I get whenever one of these books starts to upset me. This you know, last night when I was just like crying, not like sobbing, but just like tearing up that I was like, I don't like I had a moment last night where I was like, why are we reading these? Uh, I was like, why? <laughs> why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are why do any of I was like, I'm dreading reading the next one because like what is going to happen to these kids again like they've been through enough Damn. i know we say it as a joke but they've been through enough and like i honestly sometimes like dread starting these books because i know they're going to go through so much drama and it's heartbreaking to read um don't get me wrong i love these books and i enjoy reading them but at this point, I was, last night, I was just like, what, what else is there for them to go through at this point? What a, give him a break. Let him rest. Like, this broke my yeah. heart. Yeah. I loved it. I have nothing to say. <laughs> like, it, like, I, I agree. Those two chapters were uh, some of the best written chapters. They're fascinating like, in this entire series, but it did break my heart, and um, I'm very sad reading this a second time. Anyway, mm. um, so she um, and then has a funny moment. And Taylor. She, she goes over, she's so frustrated, she, like, shoves a hork and he doesn't move. Like, just out of just, like, impatience, she just, like, shoves this seven-foot-tall lizard monster over. She's like, yeah. It's like, God damn it. 
whatever ugly bird you are now isn't sentient. It can't be. You would have never lasted. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, haha. It's all about pleasure, don't you think? She's really starting to. This is where it began to become very clear to me that she might not be. She might have a bit more um, investment in this, in getting this right. To the point where I began to suspect she might not be uh, mentally well. Yeah, but she starts to kind of lose and she's like, oh, oh, wait a minute. I get it. It's all about it's all about contrast. You know, that's the way life is. You don't know pain unless you know pleasure. You don't know what it is to be strong unless you've been weak. Isn't that right, Andalite? And he's like, I don't know. Let me know if you ever become strong. And then she's like, ha ha, I am not weak. I am strong. I know the difference. I I was weak. When you submit, you will know the difference too. And she goes down and she presses the blue circle and she slams it down. And all of a sudden he he hears laughter and joy and, and jumping on a trampoline out of control, walking home from school barefoot, barefoot, squishing cool spring mud between my toes, a sugar cube melting on, on its tongue, uh, the spot behind a cat's ear that made do, dude his cat, uh, close his eyes in ecstasy. Pleasure and delight. Fun, isn't it? Remembering happy days back on your filthy planet? Are you recalling happy times running across the grass? Of course you are. Up and down, Andalite. Pain and pleasure. I will take you into madness, Andalite. And he's like, pleasure. The blue button was pleasure, intense, continuous, out of control. But the hawk didn't know pleasure. Satisfaction, yes. The satisfaction of a good kill. The meal that followed. But happiness? And then he's like, don't leave me, Tobias the hawk. I know what she will do. I know what that foul yerk will do. No sadness, no fear, all gone. Happy, joyful. And he's like feeling like the uh, 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 sublime joy of running on rocks. The wind uh, tussling his hair, picking a berry uh, and an old lady allowing him to like, like getting taken care of by, by Professor Powers, this, this old woman. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, pain, awful, awful agony, the same pain that he had before. And, and he's calling back to the hawk to, to save him and protect him. And then he's like, uh, uh, t- time is almost up. How long does a hawk live? And he recognizes that question because that's the same thing that Rachel is wondering. And that's the same thing Rachel is worried about. And then he's like, Rachel, no, 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 that's the subvisor. I want you with me part to be part of my life. Not to die, to not to die is a bird, not to die for nothing. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And then he's suddenly listening to the waves crashing over the rocks. And then he's having memories of, of, of going to Rachel's house and going to Rachel's window and talking with Rachel deep in the night. Um, and, and he's like, you know, others, people say that morphing is gross, but Rachel will never, ever make it look disgusting. And he's remembering them morphing together to go fly um and 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 taylor is is her patience is running out and then pain pleasure pain who was i where am i and he's having memories of the elemist uh re, uh flapping down into cassie's barn to see the clothes rachel picked out for axe pain pleasure going back and forth seeing all these memories of of these animals cassie is taking care of but then having uh, alarms and screeching lights. And then he's with Axe again. And then all of a sudden the pleasure ray is shutting down. He realizes he's back in the cube. And he's, Taylor is like, your time is up. Do you understand that? 
You can never escape your morph. You will be a bird until you die. Who said that? Rachel? Taylor? The subvisor? Me? Um. <laughs> I think this is the furthest so far that the metaphor of Tobias being a dually natured person bird. Uh, this is the farthest that metaphor has been pushed. Absolutely. And I love it. It's This is amazing. Um, this is what the separation didn't give us. Um, yeah, this is how you write a story about a dual-natured character. Yeah. I have nothing to say. I have I have simply nothing to say except what a intense and excellently written chapter. Yeah. What an interesting character. I just This is all I mean it's all been leading up to this point. Like all mm-hmm. of Tobias's conflicts of of like how do I balance the the nature the brutal nature of this hawk mm-hmm. with the kind joyful nature of 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 the human and and this is sort of where it comes to is like the hawk can allow for defenses against this kind of pain and 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 emotional pain and physical pain in a way that a human just can't and and that's why it is it's necessary for me to keep this not just because it's um you know expe- it's um practically expedient and 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 useful for me in in scenarios of torture but because like this is Tobias finally understanding i think just the kind of defense that the hawk can give him absolutely and, and um, yeah that's really important yeah and i mean Tobias grew up in an abusive situation his entire life um i don't blame him for like wanting to put some space between himself and his pain. Um, Like, even before the Animorphs, even before he was a hawk, he didn't have a separation between his emotional state and himself. So, like, it it makes sense why he would want to remain a hawk and why the hawk is useful and it's a part of him that he can treasure and, and, like, accept. Um, Yeah. I only yeah, I I mean that's the answer to the question of like that that Rachel has been asking is like why do you even choose to stay in this form that is not you? And Tobias is like this is the this is why because it is him. Those memories are his memories. They're as valid and as real and as important as the human memories of joy, you know, pain and and pleasure. Those two things are completely intertwined in Tobias's very existence. Because for the hawk, existence is pain. There isn't really a joy in a hawk's life, but there is for a human, and you need two of those things to exist. Yeah, and I feel like, interestingly, Tobias, with his human brain, is able to have more pleasure as a hawk than he did as a human. Hawks inherently can't understand, like, don't have pleasure. Their life is completely pain, but since he has a human brain, he can, he can find pleasure in life as a hawk in a way that he couldn't when he was a human which is why he wants to remain in this body um i think it's like it's simple um 
Yeah. yeah. And it's like he has a lot of. If I'm so sorry, continue. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say, if we're continuing with like the trans metaphor, it's like there is a lot of dysphoria that that you know Tobias experiences in his life, or I guess in this case it'd be dysmorphia. Um, either way, he does have some problems with his own body and and his relationship with his identity as a as a dual sort of as a trans identity. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's also it's not just about like like trans existence is not just about dysphoria. It's also euphoria. Gender euphoria is a hundred percent a real thing, and that's sort of how that kind of relates to that point that you made that like. Tobias has more joy now as a as a bird boy than he ever did as a and there were like it's some like moments of joy boy. like jumping on a trampoline and stuff but he is he's happy with his life and his body and his his existence now and 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 that kind of bodily euphoria is 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 what's saving him right mm-hmm. now yeah, it's like and I that think balance the between the the pain and and the and the joy. I think at the beginning of the series, when Tobias was first trapped in a hawk, we were like, "This is going to be bad. This is going to traumatize him so much. This is going to fu- what does that do to your brain?" I think up until this point, Tobias being a hawk has been framed in this way that like this is what is traumatizing him. Like this is is like the greatest tragedy. Um, but it's actually not like this is not uh, his downfall. It's actually his salvation in a way that nobody expected, not even Tobias. Um, and I think that's really mm. beautiful. Um, and I there is yeah, there is something beautiful in. Sorry, I interrupted you. I keep okay. interrupting. Sorry. I know it's just how your brain works. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that there is something beautiful in the reclamation of your own trauma. And and pain and and taking this like again like this this idea of like your loss of your own self that Absolutely. has been brought about by war and saying like no I haven't I I have lost part of me but I've also I've gained this mm-hmm. you know I I may have lost like those m- memories I have are 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 incongruent like I cannot really connect them with my body now. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I, I have, I have a new sense of joy. I, I have a new kind of reclamation over this thing that I once considered a, a personal trauma. I think, and that's this, beautiful. Absolutely, I think in this moment, what is so, what is so powerful, and what's so beautiful about this, about this moment, and I think it's something that anybody who's really like worked through a lot of trauma, especially like bodily trauma um can like can relate to is it's Tobias is going like I choose to be happy I'm going to be happy on purpose um like I'm Nietzsche yeah I it I it always comes back to this for me um I'm going to enjoy my life I'm going to reclaim this part of my life that I lost on purpose I'm purposefully going to find joy in the things that I shouldn't um and I think that's really beautiful and I think that's part of why Tobias's character is so interesting and so powerful and I love him for it um yeah uh, it's awesome 
it's amazing. <laughs> and it's interesting that like other people don't have that. I think it's interesting that Rachel specifically doesn't under, can't understand that because she's a like a dual natured character. But I think the difference between them is that her dual nature isn't a result of trauma. It's just a result of like who she is. Um, and I wish we would like dive into that a little bit more with Rachel. I wish the separation had given us that because it would be so interesting to like compare and contrast them. But for some reason, she who should be able to understand Tobias the best and cherish him for who he is and who he's choosing to be can't, which is interesting. And I want to just go back into the book for a minute um, to, like, the next chapter where Taylor, who has been constantly compared to Rachel, um, says, who are you to sacrifice your body? Do you realize what you've done? She's saying, like, who are you to choose what to do with your body? Like, yeah, think of other people. To exercise your autonomy. Yeah, who are you to choose what you're going to do with your body and not think about what other people want for you want for themselves yeah and i and i will say i think i just to go back to rachel and what you said i think it is a large part of it is that rachel i think rachel does recognize that she and tobias are both of a dual nature but she still she cannot reconcile that with the idea of Tobias being the one hinge she has to a potentially normal life. And the idea that she wants a potentially normal life is completely at odds with the fact that Tobias's existence is remarkably abnormal. Mm-hmm. And it will never be normal because he doesn't Absolutely. want it to be like, like what, what Rachel considers to be normal. And so that's sort of what Rachel needs to work through, is she needs to decide whether she likes the fact that Tobias will always be two individuals, you know, like two, like two, there will always be those two sides of him or whether she wants to see Tobias as merely a means to an end of normalcy. And I think the decision she makes regarding that will completely decide whether this relationship works out or not. And I think and that is just kind of the tea. <laughs> that's the tea. And I think I honestly think because Rachel is such a dual-natured person, um, she's... I don't think that Rachel honestly, like... I don't think her problem is with Tobias wanting to be, like, a bird or not. I think she is projecting onto Tobias her own problems with dealing with her own dual nature because on one Mm. hand her like love of this war and um of of like the fight scares her a lot because she on some level realizes like that this entire situation that they're realizing that they're in isn't normal it's it's completely abnormal um and Tobias is proof Mm. of that and so is her own like I don't know, excitement of battle, her own, her own existence in this, in this, like, in this war and in this universe is also abnormal, abnormal. Um, so she's thinking, like, if she gives up her, like, the hinge, yeah, if she accepts that Tobias is never going to be normal, and that's never going to be normal, like, normal, then she's also accepting that she is never going to be normal either. 
Um, right. Um, and yeah, so she's fully projecting onto Tobias here. Um, yeah. Speaking of projection, speaking of blonde girls who project, Taylor. also this, what, like, there's a lot of blonde characters in this series, and a lot of them are bad guys. Both David and Taylor are blonde. Oh yeah, David was blonde. David was a blondie. Weird. Weird. <laughs> anyway, she is not only incredibly angry, she's very obviously afraid. Mm-hmm. Afraid of uh, what's going to happen to her. She's like hyper. She's like, yeah. She like her 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 hair. I like to imagine it's like. Yeah. It was. It was. It's very like an Azula, like a Terra moment, where it's like that when she's keeping it together. It's like Azula. Oh, from, I thought you said from Azula. Avatar. I thought you said Azula. Azula. I was like, not Azula. I was like, I was like, what is Azula? Like a hair clip or something from the nineties that I no, don't know about. No, Azula, the ca- oh, the character. Yeah, yeah I very like when she starts to lose it, like her hair starts to get, she starts to lose it. That's exactly same thing with Tara thinking. from Teen I, Titans. I imagine that she had a really sleek top knot when she was uh, started this, and now after like shaking her head, it's just like the pe- like it's like pieces are falling out around her face. Um, yeah. In my head, um, Rachel had the different main physical difference between the two of them is in their hair, uh, because Rachel has like a huge voluminous like '90s. She always has a '90s like blowout because of course she does. But Taylor, meanwhile, has like slick, straight, flat ironed hair that is like very neatly put up into two separate barrettes on the side. But as she's starting to lose it, the hair is falling out of the of the barrettes and like falling over her face i just love hair as a metaphor for um mental unwellness <laughs> i had a um my my um the main difference between rachel and taylor is that well, rachel always wears her hair down she would never put her hair up um taylor has it up and uh taylor has like brown eyes that like that's only important with because like you know how um like Tobias's box is being illuminated by these really bright fluorescent lights. They're like the mm. ring of the fluorescent light is being reflected in her really dark eyes. So she just looks like terrifying. She's this beautiful girl with like really dark eyes and just a ring of white around the pupil. Um that just gets Yeah, like, like a ring oh yeah. Yeah, like it's a ring terrible. light. She yeah. is you yeah, she's very scary. And, like like i those people who like record videos with ring lights that terrifies me i hate that really (laughs) i love that i think it's so cool looking it is cool it's very otherworldly very like it's a little creepy so she's just got like a ring of bright light around her very dark iris um and it's very creepy to me yeah but she's like you learn that it's foolish to protect your friends friends always betray you and then he's like "Mm, mine wouldn't She's like, oh, wouldn't they? And he's like, I could tell she had more to say, but she bottled it and put sim- and said simply, I pity your innocence. And then he's like, what do you know about disloyalty? And she's like, I am answering the que- I am asking the questions around here, Andalite, you little bitch. And he's like, I couldn't take anymore. I couldn't. The hawk was defeated. The human defeated. Whatever I was defeated. And she's like hovering her hand above the red circle. 
He's like, no more, mem- no more, no more pain, no more memory. Get her to talk, get her to so- talk, appeal to her sense of power, her pride. And then he's like, you're very pretty, uh, pretty by what I understand of human standards. And he's like, uh, she's like, I wish I hadn't done that because complimenting this monster made me feel feel ill. But she's like, she doesn't, no. she doesn't really say anything prideful. She just goes like, yes, I know. Which is a very Rachel thing to say. Rachel doesn't really care mm. about her looks, but she just she just accepted accepts the fact that she's beautiful. Like, so that was a very Rachel reaction. She touches the side of her face and she goes, "There was a time when I, this body, I mean, was the prettiest and most popular girl in her school. When I had a party, everyone." And then like, she stops what? and she's like, "What?" He's just trying to keep her. And she's like, yeah. shut up, Andalite. <laughs> and suffer. Okay. And he's like, he's like, I won't give in. You do you know why? And she's like, no. And he's like, because if I surrender, you'll live. And if I resist, you'll die. And I want you to die. I will say, though, uh, the, 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 I do think that Taylor and Rachel have a very similar relationship with their own aesthetics and beauty mm-hmm. but taylor has uh not the most healthy it. relationship with it no yeah no and that becomes very clear because uh tobias does get her to talk uh and and he's like the 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 visor needs me i'm an expert on humans and he's like he has lots of human controllers and she's like no not like me i'm a voluntary the the human this girl chose this life she chose to invite me to take control and why why because she'd seen humans as they truly were she chose us over her own people because humans are weak and petty and stupid and we will rule them all we will make them ours out of them and she's like shaking from rage and also fear and he's like a human would have to be very weak to turn against to turn against her own and she's like weak foolish when I, uh, when I, when I, when she walked down the hall at school, there wasn't a boy who didn't dream she was his. Not a girl who didn't wish she were her. She was homecoming queen, tennis champion, student body president. She was the princess, and the school was her court. And then he's like, "That doesn't add up. Not to becoming like, a voluntary controller." On? I've never. What the hell is going on? This. this was Taylor, at least as much as the year can side her. Uh. Yeah, that's interesting. We've been getting a lot of um, controllers that yeah, seem because in the early works. series it was pretty like like they were like oh the controller is sep- like the yerk is separate from the human but over these couple of books we've been getting a lot of controllers who are not that separate we've mm-hmm. got ha- there are a lot of and this ties into of course the dual nature we have three characters who are very dual natured Rachel Tobias and Taylor but we've also been getting a lot of controllers who are consensual mm-hmm. like the idea of a consensual host has been very very heavily explored which makes me predict that is how things have to end because mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. otherwise they wouldn't be introducing this kind of shit not shit it's good i i just you know what i mean <laughs> and you, yeah anyway she's like then a fire she was alone that night. My parents. Well, were there's a little bit her. more. She does. She does say like, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but she does say like, there's nothing uh, she couldn't do. But she had it all. Humans have pleasures that Yerks, a, a different world of senses of, of sight and sound and touch and and, and nothing she couldn't have. The, the memories when we first came together, I went through them all. Of course, you you have to when you have your 
your new host then they were so and then she like falls to her knees and then she's like there was a fire mm-hmm. um because her parents were out and and at like a party and um i don't know how it happened but it happened and um the the the, the when we woke up the house was was on fire everything was on fire and Tobias is like, keep her talking. It's all the time you have. And and she's like, it's terrible. It's horrible. It's the pain. You you can't. Well, maybe, yes, you can imagine. We lost our left arm, her right leg, and my face. Some came to see me in the hospital. Some friends never again after that. Word went around. She's a monster. She's hideous. One day I was queen. The next day, nothing. And he's like, but the sharing, they cared. And then that made me wonder, I wonder if this is the girl that Tom had a crush on. Did Tom have a crush on somebody? Yeah, that's why he joined the sharing. Oh, shit. Maybe. I like to imagine that this is the girl Tom had a crush on. Oh, that would That's just sense. a fun a fun headcanon. And, and she's like, the sharing held out their hands in friendship to me. In the darkest hour, they made me believe that my life wasn't over, that, that I had a future. And then came the offer. If, if I would enter their center circle, take advantage of everything they had to give me, they would repair my body. They had their own members hospital, they said. Incredibly advanced technology. I would be whole again. I would be what I had once been. And then she like presses her hand against the, the glass and like stares at him. And he's like, maybe it was a little weird at first. But all I could think of was the kids at school. I hated them for forgetting me. All, all she wanted was for things to be the way they had been. I wanted to be envied. Envied, do you understand? I wanted all of that. The memories, the sweet, perfect memories. I wanted to live that life. And then he's like, oh my God, she's crazy. She's insane. Crazy. The Yerk, the girl, the lion between them, all confused. Hawk, boy, Yerk, girl. And I was like, that is so cool. I made that note that, holy shit, that's so cool. It is fucking The fact cool. that they're the same person. They're different, of course, but they're the same idea. And of course, that is the only kind of villain that would truly be Terrifying effective him. in a story for Tobias, is a character that is also two people at once. Yes. Ah, oh, that was so cool. Oh, I just love so when good. that happens. I love, poet- I love poetic um, symmetry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the best kind of tool. I love it when villains are a foil for, like, for heroes. It's so good. So good. Um, Yeah. Anyway. And then he he has a Cassie moment where he has a terrifying moment of understanding. Pity to be the human girl, desperate, terrified, alone, all alone, needing someone to look at her without cringing. To be the Yerk, hungry for sensations that were so intense, so powerful compared to the dull, blind life of a slug. And then she's like, I took the deal. Two controllers held me in my wheelchair. I waited down in the pool, not knowing what host I'd only have, not knowing what host. I'd only ever been Hork-Bajir before. I allowed myself to be infested. She opened herself to me willingly. Until that moment, until I was lying on my stomach, my head held over the surface of the pool, she hadn't known of, of course. How could she? How could I? I love that whenever Taylor speaks, it's, it's always, the pronouns are always switching. Absolutely. Because I love she that. not she is this she is two people at once, but also the relationship between Taylor and the Yerk are is complex and frayed to the point where they're both simultaneously vying for control over these memories at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, 
This girl, this Taylor person, this insignificant injured girl wasn't my goal, of course. I was a subvisor. I was slated for a host who held a vital position. My mother, the chief of police, I betrayed her, of course, helped them take her involuntarily. And then her eyes flickered, and Tobias wonders if it's shame? Surely not. Not from the Yerk. But from the human? The human who was half of the split personality? Maybe. She's like, I didn't want her, the older woman. I wanted these memories. I wanted the life I knew would be mine when the Yerks, when my people had repaired the body. Now I am beautiful once again. But look at you. Look at what you've become. How pathetic your hawk body is. A nothing creature, all for nothing. And Tobias is like, and now you hurt others to make up for your suffering. And she's silent. And he's like, who are you? And her face twitches. And he's like, who are you? And she's like, I am a subvisor of the Yerk Empire. And he's like, no, you're a weak, misguided human girl. And you are also insane. And then she like looks down. And then she looks back up. And she has a smile. And then she's like, then join me in my madness, Andalite. And she turns the button back on. No, the, the blue button. Yeah. Yeah, that backfired, didn't it, Tobias? <laughs> yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah, how do I <laughs> how how do I how do I talk about this? <laughs> I think we should, I think I think Yeah. I think I love her. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, Me too. I think she It's is... so I like that they have the same goal. I the Subvisor and Taylor have the same goal. Absolutely. To the point where she she, no matter who she is, she chooses the same name. Uh-huh. Like, think... and I think that that betrays her her sense of her human her human desire, because if she didn't have human desires, why would she have a human name? Mm. So true. I think I know you love Finestri. I pro- I that's a good that's a great choice. Taylor is my favorite. Um She's up there now. She's number three. Yeah, she's no, she's my favorite of all of the villains. Um, I know. Mm. What, what's your villain ranking? Give me your villain ranking, and I'll give you mine. Of of all of them, like, do we talking about like my personal favorite, or no, we're talking about your top three? Not and and villains, not controllers. Yeah, just villains okay. of the series of this series. Top three favorites. Number one. <sighs> Fenestri. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just think I think he's awesome. Uh number two is maybe mm, Visser Visser one? Mm-hmm. And then number three is Taylor, probably. I have to think about it more, I guess, because I want to put Chadman in that list somewhere, but I don't really count him as much as a villain. Like I have no problem putting Taylor on the list of villains, considering she she chose to become complicit in a colonizing empire, mm-hmm. and Chapman didn't. Not really. He's only being held at gunpoint. Yeah, so I don't know where to put him on the not list. Necessarily like a villain. Yeah, that's why I can't. Even though Karen is my other favorite Yerk, I'm not putting her on the list because she's not a villain anymore. And I don't think she ever was a villain. She was an antagonist, but not a villain. Do you count the droid as but, a villain? 
Yeah, but we haven't seen enough of of, of it to like Drody. Really, ha we haven't seen enough of the Drody to really like have an impact. Same with Cryak. That's why Cryak's not on the list either. Even though Cryak is pretty terrifying. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd even put Visser one on that list. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a complex question. It's sticky. Anyway, I love Taylor. It's spooky. She's <laughs> fascinating. TikTok teen. Horrible TikTok teen. I was telling you this before, but, um, yeah, it's my opinion that, like, if you move, if you take this series out of the 90s and put it into present day, I don't think it works quite as well. Like, just because, of, like, some of the miscommunication things, some of the, like, the roadblocks about, like, they're not being phones, about, like, the, like, the, the, I don't know, like, the phones being tapped or, like, Tom listening in, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Like, some of the logistics. I just don't think it works as well um, in present day, except for Taylor. If you put, if you put Taylor yeah. into present day, she gets ten times worse and ten times better. Because it's so... Beautiful. She gets ten times... She gets more depressing, like, because... Then you add social media into her Absolutely. own. Because it's it's evidently clear. She has a horrible self-presentation -prese of herself. And I think a lot of that is due to internalized ableism. Like, she mm -hmm. got disfigured, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, disfigured from this fire. And suddenly, she thinks of herself as a failure to, mm -hmm. to society, to, to probably to womanhood as a whole. Like, and, and she's, she's in, willing to... She, it's a very... It's kind of existential. Like, she has such... A um, a a um, a driving uh obsession with how other people see her. Mm -hmm. She wants to be objectified, not not in like a feminist sense, but in a way that like in an existential sense, in that being turned into an object, a queen, in her case, which is an object, it's not a person, being turned into a concept, is it, it makes her life easier. It's it's it makes her life simple. She doesn't have to grapple with the darker parts of herself. She doesn't have to grapple with the parts of herself that accept a, a, a brain slug in her in her in her mind. She just doesn't have to. Um and, and I think that's very I feel like Taylor would probably appreciate reading some de Beauvoir. <laughs> some Simone de Beauvoir would probably help her. I think Taylor um, needs some therapy. I think. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think if they had just gotten her like some therapy before and after her accident, uh, we could have We th things could have been avoided. This could have. I don't know. It depends yeah. on how deeply she's how deeply broken she 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 was anyway. i think she was completely broke i mean she's I, i'm just gonna talk about taylor a little bit more sorry i know we have to go on with the plot of the book but i mean god what a character but i mean she her pathological obsession with i don't it's not narcissism well i mean probably a lot of it is narcissism but a lot of it is also like fear but mm -hmm. that's kind of a lot of narcissists are afraid that if they're seen as anything other than perfect, their entire self-concept will shatter. So they won't even admit to themselves that they have a problem. And I don't think Taylor would do that either. But she obviously was in a dark enough place to accept 
this truly horrible existence. Like, she says that she's happy now, and I think she tries to convince herself, but I do think there is a sense of guilt that she literally ratted out her own mother to become an involuntary host. I don't know that Taylor ever understood what happiness was. Like, I don't know if she's... She is a very... Just like a hawk. Yeah, if she has, like... If her existence as a human was based on, like, external validation and, like, being the queen of her school, then I she has a very twisted sense of what happiness is. Yeah. I mean, very similarly to Tobias, his hawk situation. Like, she can get satisfaction, but when was the last time she ever truly felt happiness and, like, at peace with herself? Yeah. I don't know. That's um, the thing. And I think Taylor is, like, a really interesting case study for, like, just, like, what objectification and what, like, I don't know, just, like, militant. Yeah. um, It's something that isn't talked about a lot. Like, that just feels... Yeah. uh, I don't know. She's so interesting. I think when a lot of... When a lot of people talk about, and this is a problem I have with a lot of feminist circles in, in, in general, but when people talk about objectification, they talk about how, you know, it can make women feel like they have to hold themselves to an impossible standard. And of course, Taylor does. But a lot of times, I wish we would talk more about how it can make you into an awful person. An awful yeah. person to other people, and especially an awful person to other women. Like if you hold yes. your if you completely base your self-worth on what society, not just men, but society thinks of you physically, you will become a monster. <laughs> you will Absolutely. you will very easily become a monster just like Taylor. Because I mean, you know? objectification like inherently pits women against other women, against other yeah. people. Um like it's and it it like it really warps your sense of reality in like who you should be so like i don't think she has any sense of self and i don't think she had any true sense of self either bef- even before she accepted the yerk in her head um the only sense of self is the persona that she created yeah, the the trope how, the trope you, that she created who do you know who you are like how do you know who you are if you are performing for somebody else your entire yeah. life um i mean yeah so i think i honestly think taylor was like deeply deeply shattered before even before this 100 percent. and mm-hmm. what's so tragic about this and you mentioned this early is that she is young she's 16 17 she's a minor mm-hmm. she's a kid she's in high school not only has she gone through this, like, I mean, she lost two limbs and was in a horrific accident that must have been really physically painful for her um, and emotionally pain, like, traumatizing. But, I mean, even before that, how long has she lost her sense of identity to performing uh, for everyone around her for their validation? Um, 
And and now she does the same thing. Oh my God, Bryn, she does the same thing. She's she constantly performing for Visser 3's validation. Mm-hmm. There is literally yes. no escape. There's literally oh, no escape. Oh, Taylor, there's no escape for you. But she convinces herself now that now she's fine. Now, now she's, she's good. Because she thinks she's in control now. She feels like she's in control when she has never been more out of control. And it's very clear as she's torturing It's like the ending of The Witch. Yeah. She is projecting a lot of things. But this is Taylor's moment to be psychoanalyzed. And I think that is why... We already psychoanalyzed Tobias. We did, but this is... (laughs) Yeah, this is why she's such an effective villain for... uh, for Tobias. Because mm-hmm. they really do mirror each She other. shows what, yeah, she shows how, like, constant conflict between your dual natures, these all these Geminis, constant conflict between your dual natures um, in the way that Taylor does, and not accepting the, or deluding yourself into into thinking some things about yourself that are not, are, are not true, um, will lead you to become a horrible monster. It would be very easy for Tobias to become an awful person. Absolutely. And Tobias, and, uh, and to, uh, to, uh, oh, I did the thing. Uh, Tobias uh, is is shown that by talking with Taylor. And that's why he has that, like, hawk, boy, yerk, girl. Oh, my God, we're the same. Oh <laughs> She's and, crazy. And it's, and this yeah. is, this is the difference between Tobias and, um, and Taylor, like, is that he is choosing to accept this part of himself, to accept his, like, dual personality and accept that, like, he is not really in control and that's okay, that he, like, that he is choosing uh, this part of himself that he should hate. Um, And she did that too, but but while deluding herself, which is what's so interesting. I just realized, I just realized the narrative and um, poetic irony of the term controller in this mm. scenario. Because who's fun. controlling who in this situation? Exactly. We don't know. It's, uh, it's oppressive systems. That's what's mm. in control, really. As represented by Visser 3. As, yeah. Uh, as represented by Visser 1, let's be honest. But mm. I appreciate that in this series, a lot of times the female antagonists are far more interesting than the male ones. Absolutely. Karen and Taylor are each just ten times better and more interesting than Visser 3. And then you add Visser 1 into the mix. Like... I what I love about this series is that female characters do not get shorts uh, uh, shorted. No, they don't. They don't ever get. They very rarely get the short end of the stick. It's yeah, great. The, the only exception to that is like Rachel with her silly books. Sometimes with Sometimes the silly books, yeah. With the silly books, like, but that's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, the female characters in these series are really done well. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Speaking of we well done, book. Um, Tobias feels like he's being roasted alive. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he th- okay. He throws himself against the side of the cube. My beak cracked. Splinters of pain electrified my face. This is his real face, so he really just like broke his face. Um, 
Yeah. We've, I don't it's I it's already been established. Oh Cassie like, helps with that. I I hope so too, but it's already been established like if he morphs into something else and morphs back into himself, the injury stays. So that's bad. He he looks yeah, he, he is like yeah, this is an upsetting image to me. Mm-hmm. T- uh, Taylor is going back, press, going back and forth, blue, red, blue, red, and Tobias is like laughing, laughing, and then like sobbing and roaring with pain, and then laughing, and then he has like a hallucination of his aunt going like, "I don't want him. He's nothing to me. Where does Lauren get off dumping him here? Uh, gosh, I want that. Oh, I want my theory about Lauren to be right. I want her. To um, come back. And he's like, I want. I feel like I'm right. And then she's like. Tobias is like, stop, stop. And then, and then he's like, uh, um, he suddenly sees that the light is disappearing. And he's alone. And he's like, how could they do this to me? How could they all do this to me? If only Rachel were here. No, she's dead, dead or trapped. All of us, all the ones I love. And then more pain. And then he's like, what does she want from me? What does she want? She no longer cared what she got out of me. This was pain for its own sake. Hurt for no purpose but to be hurt. Oh, this reminds me, this just made me think of Head of Gabbler, which is a play about how people who feel like they lack control will cause horrible trauma to other people just to feel like they have a sense of control. That's Taylor. Oh, God, Taylor is literally Head of Gabbler. Anyway, and he's like shouting in this pain. He's like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you everything. Axe, Cassie, Jake, and Marco, I'll tell you all anything. But he's not sure if she can even hear or if he's even talking. And then he's like, feels himself swirling down. The world is dimming. And he's like, death? Was this death? And then he sees himself. He's walking in the woods. And, and a path is lined with trees. And he hears a voice saying, is your father here tonight? And he's like, wow, where's your dad? And um, he suddenly sees himself holding a, a hard scythe-shaped blade. It's like, why did it feel so familiar? So much of a part of me. And then he looks up and he sees that there's two moons. And he's like, this wasn't Earth. This isn't Earth at all. And then he hears a voice saying, Tobias, don't be afraid. And um, a broad face comes into focus. A familiar face, an andalite. I watched as a tail arced upward, curved slowly over his back and moved toward me. A shiver as the cool flat of his blade pressed against my forehead. It was electric like nothing I've ever felt before or since. A new surge of memories, but how? How can they be memories when I haven't lived them? They're new to me, though they seem like mine. No, these were not my own. They were... And then he's having... This part made me lose my marbles. Uh, He's starting to have Elfangor's memories. Holy shit. Holy shit. This is what we've been waiting for. This is like... Oh my god, it's all full circle. (laughs) Uh, we did a figure eight, but we're back full circle at this point. Um, so this is, so, uh, he, in his mind, he's living this as a memory, just how as he's hallucinated his own memories, he's hallucinating Elfanger's last memories. Um, um, do you want me Yeah, to he's having memories of, of war, and he's having memories of of the dome ship and having memories of lauren uh to hear her say my name to see our son and it had been five years since the elemist had returned me to my proper time and then he's thinking about elf elf is thinking about his future 
had I even accomplished anything in this fight for freedom? And he feels the tail blade. This is when I cried. He feels the tail blade against his forehead. And he's like, you are not alone in your suffering. You may die, Tobias, but never alone. You are one in a legion of great warriors, valiant Andalites who have died for freedom. Your lineage is courage and bravery. If you live, you carry our torch, a burden carried by many, a singular honor. And the brightness is fading, and he's feeling this final overwhelming surge of things lived by Alfanger. A warrior, an intellectual, the life he had lived and endured and accomplished, a sense of purpose, things I couldn't comprehend, things of things I could comprehend, things I might become. And in the distance, he's hearing Visser Three, um, uh, threat his threatening voice, and he's like telling himself to hold to this point, hold it, hold the memory. And just as the light was about to extinguish, he feels the torture device flicker and stop, and the pinprick of light is beginning to grow. Until at last, I no longer looked into darkness, but saw the cube around me. I was flattened against the door, uh, flattened against the floor, defeated but alive. The last fading strain of Alfanger's voice, and I highlighted this in purple because it's vital. Mm. Out of respect for life, you have to endure. That's when I started crying. Mm, I was, this, I just started crying harder. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about all that. I'm not... I'm not entirely sure that there's anything to say that would do it justice. And that's okay. I just appreciate how... I'm, I think this is finally the moment when I'm under... I've, I think I'm going to stop making the complaints about time travel not being possible. Because I'm starting to realize that in this universe, time simply does not function normally. And there are rituals that completely surpass the bounds of time and space. And that is fucking beautiful. And the fact that it's a, a, a father's love for his son and, and a son's love for a father he never knew is um, just beautiful to me. Absolutely. This was and the I moment really that I was like, it. I need to... We ha- we Call my dad. <laughs> Um, we hate on Andalites a lot in this, uh, series, um, because it's easy and we're stupid. No, it's because it's fun and we make valid points about Andalite culture, but there are parts of Andalite culture that are so painfully human and just so beautiful that they cannot be ignored. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, and the idea that like I, love transcends species, time, and space, I think is really important. And like, yeah, there are like rituals and parts of Andalite cultures that I think are really beautiful. So just want to put that out there. Yeah, and I think that this the phrase "out of respect for life, you have to endure" is is I think that really encapsulates Elfanger's. Mm entire thing life mm-hmm. thing and, and and also you know all of the kids because they've all done horrible things you know like that the series does not shy away from that and Elfanker has made possible 
really terrible things. He did not cause them to happen, but he does feel as though he made it possible. And I think the respect for life and the refusal to fall into cynicism and bitterness mm-hmm. and nihilism and and fear and death is um <laughs> I'm gonna hold it together is um something that I really appreciate. Yeah. I wish I had read these earlier. Um I mean yeah, not yeah. <laughs> um, a yeah, yeah. Like a sorry, I'm gonna tear up. I'm tearing up now. But, I'm already crying. I'm crying. Oh God. Yeah, tear. Yeah, like I don't know. Literature is so important, and if a 17 year old suicidal me would have read that several years ago, things would be different. This line is so beautiful. And it's so important, not just for the series, but I think just for real life in general. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's so beautiful. I agree with everything you said. Every point. Yeah. I, there is just something to me. There's just something to me about the, um, the refusal, um, Mm -hmm. the denial of cynicism. Yeah. Um, and nihilism. And, and that really gets me. And, and, and you know, I, I know I talk about <laughs> Nietzsche a lot. I talk about Nietzsche a lot. As you should. But, but that, is, should. that is why, and I'm crying too, that is why his <gasps> philosophy means so much to me, is, is that, you know, he lived a horrible life. He lived a terrible life of chronic pain, chronic loneliness, and, and just, like, his sister was a full-on Nazi, and... He got in a coma and all this horrible, horrible shit happened to him. And just like these kids, just like Elfanger, just like Tobias, he just refused to fall into the nihilism that people now ascribe to him. And I I love that this series that is about how war is just destroys people and cultures and lives and and it is an evil that is a plague i i i there is something so important to me that it that this book comes to the conclusion that i think the the series has to follow which Mm -hmm. is that you cannot let it destroy you Mm -hmm. out of respect for life or even just out of spite for 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 pain out of the pain that 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 tells you you should give up you have to give up you can't give up out of respect for life out of a out of an ideological need to respect life you cannot fall into nihilism and despair that's also what Camus argued is that you can't you can't commit ideological suicide and fall into that pit of darkness you have you have to refuse because you can never like yolo you know you only have one sentient point of existence in a sea of trillions of life forms you are a one unique little being of stardust you are a singular point but if you allow yourself to give up and fall into cynicism on the realization of that or fall into madness on the pain of, of existence as a whole, you, you will not 
have a good life and you will and you will have have proved what the nihilists say about the pointlessness of human existence you will have proved that they're right and you can't allow that to happen it's just an awful mm -hmm. way to live um so yeah i know what my next tattoo is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> i know I was... what my next tattoo is gonna be hi um this is I was thinking that we should get ABC tattoos. I was just Yeah, thinking. that would be nice. Well, that's for later. Um anyway, out of a respect Mr. 3. Life, <laughs> guess who has here? Guess who's here? The one with no respect for life. Um oh. Yeah, maybe that's why he's the ultimate villain. Maybe that's why. He and Kryak both have no respect for life. You know what? Actually, no. Kryak has more respect for life than Visor 3 because Kryak follows the rules that he agrees with Elemis. Also, Kryak made, made several sentient species. Yeah. Visor 3. The Howlers. Without discrimination. He's just a mustache twirling villain with no respect. No emotion. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Fuck that anyway, he's um, like standing behind Taylor and he's like, this will make him talk. And he like, he's like, just no emotion on his face, which means he's very mad. Mm -hmm. um, and he he um, opens up the, the, the floor and he, he in his, uh, some hork come in and they have a pole and uh Inside, the, there's a they're carrying a cage, and inside the cage is an eagle. And Tobias wing. like, oh, it must be, it must be Rachel. And then he immediately, like Tobias, who had at this point, <laughs> out of respect for life, he had endured. Uh, he suddenly is like, oh no, I'm going to tell them everything. <laughs> oh no. Um, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. He's like, oh no, I'm gonna talk now. Uh, this isn't good. No. And and Taylor goes, shall we torture that one? This one might talk. We might get results. She still cares about results. And Mr. 3 is like, is like, no, <laughs> this one will die. That one will talk. Hey, that's true. Good. Hey, villain okay. point for... Villain point. Villain point for Mr. 3. Villain point for Visitor 3. I'll, I'll write it down <laughs> in the books. Um, yeah, and then he's like, he like throws the eagle on the floor he's like kill this one but do it slowly see if you can at least do this much well oh that's rough Oof. taylor that's, that's rough, rough to hear buddy. isn't it but also fuck you okay this goes this would be it i knew it i would die in the next round of torture i would t try to die well i braced myself for the attack the last took the last Look around the room. It was just me, the subvisor, and twelve horking, hulking hork vizier. I can talk. I'm gonna I'm, hork. I'm, <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. Oh, somebody called. You got a message. Is I'm, it from your theoretical father? No, it's from Casper. Um, <laughs> your alien father. <laughs> from my, it's from my long dead alien father. He was not actually my father. But was in a different time and a different hypothetical life. father. My yeah. hypothetical alien blue father. Um, anyway, uh, um, but all of a sudden he sees uh, uh, a single andalite emerging from a flea morph. Yay! Yay! Everything is fine. 
Well, no. Everything's fine. Everything goes to shit. It's Um, Axe. He's here. And he's like, the others will be, the others jumped off outside. They'll be here shortly. Uh, As soon as I open the door, we morph to fleas to travel on the body of the doomed eagle from Cassie's barn. Oh, there was a, I forgot about the doomed eagle in Cassie's barn. And he's like, the Chi have, have secured an escape route. And Taylor is like, hear me, Endelite. You caused me to lose the Visser's trust. You may as well have destroyed me. And now I will make you pay. Oh, yes. I've given you pain. I've given you pleasure. You've experienced them in succession, but never both at once. I will tear your mind apart! And then, um, flap, flap. Boom, boom. Here comes a bear. <laughs> it's Rachel. Um, who else would it be? What the, here's what I want to know. Uh, why does Marco insist mm. on using the gorilla morph when he's got a polar bear? I would be fucking shit up yeah. with a polar bear all day long. Well, because this is because, like, this one is because he needs stuff. He needs the hands to hold things. True. But I just want to just, <laughs> just want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> why does Cassie use a wolf when she's got a polar bear? I tiger, don't know. I understand. Um, anyway. Maybe it's because it's too warm? I don't know. Um, Anyway, uh, it's the third act fight of the book, (laughs) which I have to be honest, I'm very uh, exhausted and uh, I don't know how well I'm going to do this. People are fighting. Yeah, let me do it. Um, (laughs) You just say people are fighting. People are fighting. (laughs) Yeah, Axe emerges. uh, They basically just like storm in there. Um, The Hork-Bajira are fighting. Several people uh, die. What's important is that Taylor's running for the weapons cabinet. She's got the torture device in her hands. And Cassie, like, grabs, she, like, bites her leg, grabs her, yanks her back and forth until she's kind of, like, dangling, dangling over, uh, dang, dang, the taxon pit. So she fights Cassie off. Um, Marco is, like, monkey-barring across the ceiling, um, trying to get to Tobias. Um, Marco leaps for Tobias's cage, misses, and then is, uh, is holding on. Um, but what's important is that a hork who is following him is dangling from, from, like, Marco, uh, because he's got his wrist blade buried in Marco's wrist and it's like pulling Marco's arm off uh Marco's like a gonna die um yeah Mm. so he's trying to (laughs) trying to not die it's out of control pandemonium um Marco somehow managed to manages to like shake off the hork Bashir um and then get Tobias out of his cage um, after Tobias is like, just free yourself, free yourself. And they're like, no, we're not, we're not going to leave you. Um, it's fine. Um, I'm also super tired. Anyway, they're fighting. It's whatever. Um, Things are happening. Cage falls on the ground with like, in kind of shatters and Tobias, like, he he had just been tortured for like three hours, maybe more. Um, and Marco and Tobias like fall on top of the shattered cage. And basically it feels like Tobias broke every bone in his body. But he's conscious. So that's something, I guess. Um, Taylor's there. 
she tries she like grabs Tobias and she is dragging him across the floor um this is the part that I started to get very confused because it's just like absolute chaos um crazy um so Tobias starts to morph into an andalite into axe um which is I don't know it's weird to think about that he's just morphing into axe every time um yeah yeah so Rachel is like dragging him to the yerk pool and she's like I don't know what you are oh go ahead no sorry I thought this was a different part oh okay uh yeah she's she's dragging him that dragging there whoa dragging him there and she's like i don't know what you are i don't know what power you possess that you can morph beyond beyond the two hour limit babe but i don't know and i don't care you will die you will die and she tightens her fingers around the bones in his hands till his fingers cracked audibly and then she released her oh yes so she remember this she's He's dangling as an andalite from the end of her artificial arm with his broken fingers. He's holding so on. awesome. She is such like, a cool image. Sorry, <laughs> no, absolutely. She's like, let go, let go, you filthy grass eater. <laughs> such an insult. Such an <laughs> I insult. love that she calls him a racial slur. Probably. Yeah. Is that? Is that like? That's probably. I mean, that's probably a racial slur. Probably to andalites. Yeah. Um, alien racism. She drops the control device, so the the AMR is now obsolete. Uh, it lands in the year pool. At, so we're done with that now. I mean, um, maybe they can get it out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's probably fried. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. So then he begins to demorph and back into a bird, um, and he's like scrambling for purchase, trying to hold on to to her as he's morphing into a bird. Um, Rachel, as a bear, grabs her by the shoulders and hauls both of them over the side. And then uh, Rachel's straight up about to kill Taylor. And he has, mm. and he has this moment. She go, he goes, for a split second, time froze. And I saw Rachel and Taylor face to face, one strong, her morph a crazy manifestation of an inner strength and bravery, one weak, this girl for whom appearance had been everything, honor nothing, this poor girl whose weakness had made her easy prey for the Yerks. I felt pity, pity for my torturer. Taylor's going I to I can't kill- believe that. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just, I was just gonna say I can't believe that. That's kind of the separation, mm-hmm. but done right. <laughs> but done right. Oh, the separation. Oh, the separation. Still, probably gonna be the worst. Still, I'm still. Some people might be mad. I do not regret giving it a rating of three. I think it is the worst book in the series. I think this at least so is far. The worst book. Um, that's valid. Anyway. Anyway, he's like, she's killing Taylor. Don't kill her. Don't kill her. And she's like, she, she'll die. This is the year who lost a prisoner. Prisoner, leave her to visitor three. Um, and, and Rachel's like, what she did to you? He goes, Rachel, be Rachel, not her. Like, I think it's interesting that, uh, because we drew, drew the, like comparison between the outside pressures um of like wanting validation validation from 
from the world, specifically like men and people um, in Taylor's uh, original life um, and wanting validation from Visitor 3 as a Yerk person, like as a girl and a Yerk, that Visitor 3 is going to be the one to kill her. That's poetic. Yeah. And the fact that Ta- that Tobias knows this and he leaves her to die at his hand. Hot damn. It's really tragic. Yeah. yeah. So the scene shifts. This is the last chapter. Tone shift time. Tone shift time. <laughs> they're at a beach. They're at the beach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're all in human form, even Axe. They sit on the beach, the breeze whipping through their hair. Um, oh, Yeah. And then Ak- Tobias is like, oh yeah, I had a series of, he's telling Axe what's the sheet. He's like, I had a series of memories really intense. It was really terrible. And then uh, all at once, I was dying. And then all at once I felt the icy, cool steel of a tail blade against my forehead. And then Axe is like, a blade against your forehead. And, and, and Tobias is like, what? And he's like, well, it's all nonsense, of course. We are irrational people, but, but there is a legend, a spiritual right, really called the Utsum. Certain medicine men believe they could pass memories through DNA. Legend says these memory messages are triggered by imminent death, a surge of strength during the last moments to ease their passage. Ancient superstition, of course. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I sure. love that there is a... Uh, I like that um, in this, in this uh, scenario, mm-hmm. um, spirituality trumps science. I love that, especially like, because spirituality has rights. such a power um, that can even travel through time. Uh, yeah, and I think it's interesting that the that superstition and spirituality, <laughs> spirituality, um, <laughs> um, is more powerful than science uh, for the analytes because they spit on other races who value superstition, who value religion. I just think that's interesting. I think that's a little ironic. Um, And I hope that they get back to that. I hope that by the end of the series, they can, like, find that again within themselves. Anyway. um, Mm. So Rachel, he mentions earlier that Rachel wasn't there because she had something to do with her dad. But now she shows up. Um, a flash of gold way down and on the they, beach, a tall, graceful form pushing over the dunes to meet us. Rachel, and he, like, runs. Run. Um. <laughs> Sorry. And she, and she, and she, like, runs up at him, and then they hug, and she's, like, bad, and he's, like, yeah, it was pretty bad. And then they, uh, they hug super tight, and then they kiss, finally, and then she's, like, alright, let's fly, and they, they morph and then they're coasting over the thermal, over the beach, reliving uh, the memory that provided Tobias with the most joy. Uh, and he's like, and then he says, who am I? What am I? A bird? A boy? Something not quite human? Something more than human? The person Rachel loves? I discovered something amid the pain and terror and confusion. I discovered that the answer to what I am, to who I am, isn't something that can be answered, answered in a single word or a single moment. It could take a lifetime to figure out who I am. But for now, I'm willing to hang in there, floating on a thermal, biding my time. Trans rights. Tobias said trans rights. Trans rights, everybody. Trans rights all up in the trans rights. And we all support 
to trans rights. Are you done? That's the end of the book. That no, I will never book. be done supporting trans rights. No, I meant with your song. <laughs> um, trans rights. Da, 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 da. I should write a musical about trans rights. Let me know in the comments if I should write a musical about trans rights. No, I'm just kidding. Can don't, we have don't comments open on our on our show? Uh, no, we have Twitter though. We have Twitter though. Um. <laughs> I wish we didn't. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, um, thoughts, Bryn? <laughs> how how to quantify? How does it, how 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 are we supposed to mm-hmm. vocalize all of our thoughts? How are we supposed to put all of the thoughts in our head heads into? Like, the last five minutes of this show. How does one? Yeah. How does one do that? Um, I can sure try. Go for it. Um, so. Uh, oh man, I had a thought in my head for a second. (laughs) And I lost it. Um, okay. So, let me just say this. I think Andalites... Wait. <laughs> no. I meant... Wait a minute. Let me try this again. I think Animorphs is at its best when it is precariously balancing several things in a very expertly done way. Mm-hmm. First off, it balances characters. Uh, the best and uh, Animorphs books have really complicated and nuanced characters. Two. It balances narratives. The best Animorphs books are the ones with um, narratives that feel like they are full of vast import. Number three, I feel like the best Animorphs books make the world feel larger. Make the universe, really, feel much larger. And it makes the conflict expand into different nuances and scenarios. I think this book is a wonderful case study for how Animorphs is at its best, or what Animorphs is when it is at its best. That is why I have uh, upgraded it to the echelons of not only my 10 out of 10 books, but my books that I consider to be the golden standard. This book is a 10 out of 10 easily. And it uh, is like S tier, S plus tier, along with the departure and the reunion. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Tobias finally got a moment because, and, and I and I do want to say, I know I've been kind of unfair to our boy. I have, um, I think I've been a little bit, and I do think I'm justified somewhat. I've been a little bit dismissive of his problems, and I have no problem saying that in all of Tobias's other books. It never really felt like I did like the impact of his pain just it didn't hit me. It just didn't. I'm sorry. But I think this is really book 33 is the first time really that I have felt as though Tobias's pain is actually done in a way that allows me to be affected by it. And I think that is because unlike in the other books Tobias's pain in this story and his self-conflict with his own self-image is the spine 
of this book. It is the core of this book. It is not a side thing happening at the same time. It is the conflict. It is the narrative. And it is, as such, it is allowed much more of, at least in my opinion, a sense of importance. So it has finally struck me what he's actually going through. And some people might hear that and think I'm an asshole. But that's just the way that I feel. So, I personally think this is easily one of the best books in this entire series. Um, and it, uh, it's one of the golden standards, baby. Good job. Good job making a cool character. <laughs> Talking to you, K.A. Those are pretty much my initial thoughts. Yeah, um, well, I agree with everything you said. Um, I especially agree with the reasons why this book is so effective and um, why it's the golden standard. It's because the narrative focuses just on Tobias and Tobias's relationship with with himself, Tobias's relationship, um, regarding Rachel and the foil with Taylor as a really effective villain. Um, I think I think this book is essential for the overall narrative of like Animorphs. Um, I think when you have like a gold standard, 10 out of 10 book. You're right. It does make the world feel bigger. And I think it adds more value to the other books as well. Um, So by having a really excellent book here, I think every other book, um, it elevates all of the others as well. Except for the separation, uh, just because I like to hate on it. And it's, uh, it makes it worse. <laughs> that makes it worse. Um, but yeah, any, every other book that Tobias is in, I think it makes it uh, better. Um, mm. But it's just fun to hate on the separation and the secret, because you can. Um, and you all can't stop us. And you can't bitch. stop us, bitch. Um, I love that like the Elfanger situation got addressed the fact that that's his father because I feel like that's something he's just kind of like pushed down and he's like that's something that happened um but we haven't really talked about it like it's an open secret and nobody really addresses it they're just like that's weird moving on um but I really love that we got some sort of interaction between Tobias and Elfanger that brings him like a little bit of like closure on that front um which i really love like this is what we've been waiting for ever since he learned that that's his dad and his hypothetical dad um so i really enjoyed that and i enjoyed taylor as a i love her i you i already told you all of my thoughts about taylor and why i think she's so effective and why she hits home, especially now, present day. Um, and I hope we never see her again. I hope she dies. Really? Yeah. I hope, unlike Karen, unlike, uh, sorry, I don't want to interrupt your thought process. 
But unlike uh, Karen in The Departure, which is the great character that was introduced in that, I hope to God I want to see more Taylor. I think she's great. Really? What would you have her do if you saw her again? What would she be doing? Um, I'd like to see uh, her relationship with her own uh, pathological need to be liked. I'd like to see her reassess that. And I think that Tobias could actually prove quite a useful um, uh, educator for Taylor to show how, you know, or even Rachel could prove an educator for Taylor to show how, like, the desire to be accepted uh, and to be beautiful and to be objectified and to be the queen is a desire that will, in the end, only make it possible for you to be exploited by the structures in power. That would be- I just think that that would be dope. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think I just like the idea that, like, the poetic um, ending, that, the th- like, the thing that she wanted the most validation from is what killed her in the end. Um like it's that would be super effective if we actually watched Visser 3 killer yeah um so like that maybe that's my one note for this book is like i would have liked to watch Visser 3 actually uh kill her or i would have liked to see her like fall to her death in the year year pool or something that would be because <laughs> that would just be satisfying um but yeah so that's my one note um I think this is a 10 out of 10 book, and I feel like there are so many more things to say about this book that I just don't have the, like, space to process. Um, Yeah. Or time to do it justice. So I'm going to leave my thoughts there. The one note that I have is that the events that took place to get to the actual torture are just pointless to me. (laughs) I wish we could have gotten there earlier so that we could have had more time for Tobias to go through horrible trauma. I don't, because that was horrible to (laughs) read. And I, um... Yeah. I usually like torture scenes, um, or not like them, but I usually have no problem with them. But this really affected me for some reason. I think it was the combination of psychological and physical torture at the same time uh, that struck a nerve with me. And especially like the nature of the torture was the, because you know, I don't like the loss of self at all. Um, You know, I hate that. Um, So I think it was just the nature of the torture that really affected me. And I am so, I don't ever want to read another page of that. Uh, So I'm glad it was as short as it was. And it wasn't short. It was like 10 chapters long. Oh, uh, Jenny? Um, uh, uh, For me, um, I really am fascinated by torture. (laughs) Um... I'm fascinated no. by the concept of pain. Um, I that. And I, 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 I mean, I literally, you know. I, no, yeah, yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I, I literally wrote a whole play in which the basic tenant is that, is the impact that violence has on, funnily enough, uh, our sense of control over our own lives. And I wrote that before I read this, play, read this book. 
weird. <laughs> um, but I've always been just fascinated by the um, the ways um, sentient creatures can inflict harm upon each other in a way that that is different when you inflict harm upon a non-sentient creature. I just, I find that fascinating. I find the human capabilities of, of violence and war and evil to be something that, 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 that interests me. And I'm just fascinated by our responses to violence, whether it be violence in media or violence in our own lives. I just find these things interesting, but, but I a hundred percent understand that like, like your, your deal with that. And, and, and I totally get it. Like, I have unconventional tastes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's totally good. On one hand, like I think part of the I I have like a love hate relationship with the sense of self thing, um, because on one hand, it like scares me so bad is losing a sense of self and like slowly going, slowly losing that, slowly like slipping into a madness. Uh, mm -hmm. revolving around that um, because it like it was such a struggle to find my sense of self that I'm like terrified of losing it um, but also I think it's so interesting I think it's so fascinating and all of my favorite characters like have some sort of sense of self struggle <laughs> so it's like um, so on one hand I loved it it's one of the reasons why I love this book did it chill me to it's, my core? It's upsetting. Yes. <laughs> Am I upset? Have I been upsetted? Yes. Do, but upsetting I love spaghetti. It. I'm upsetting spaghetti, but I do. I love it so much. So yeah, I um, love the feeling of being um, deeply upset and affected by a piece of, of fiction. Because sometimes it just doesn't happen, you know. Like, mm -hmm. like people people cried at the end of Infinity War when I saw it with my friends, and I was like, I don't understand what's happening. And then a lot of times I'll watch a comedy and I'll find it funny, but I won't laugh. Like I find SNL funny, but it doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> you know, a lot of comedy just in general doesn't make me laugh, but I find it funny. So when something does end up affecting me in either a positive or a negative way, I consider that to be uh, um, better. Even if like, if it's like the experience is like, oh God, I hate this. I'm, I'm full of disgust and fear and hatred. I'd rather feel that than nothing at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why, that's, like, where my logic of, like, the worst thing you can do is bore me comes mm -hmm. from. That's the very three of you. Yeah. That's why the worst, the worst theatrical experience I've ever had was not uh, the worst play that I've ever seen, but the most boring one I've ever seen. What you know, was it? I am weird. I am a weird. What was the most boring play? <laughs> I'm, I'm quirky. Uh, I saw... A production of King Lear in here in Milwaukee that was so boring and so dull, and they did the worst thing ever because they had mics in an outdoor Shakespeare, which it's outdoors you can enunciate, can't you? But then they that meant that they thought that that meant that you could fully have the actors' backs facing the audience for like twenty five percent of the entire play, and I was like, I don't need to, I don't want to see Cordelia. I don't want to see her back while she's pleading to her father why, why she should not be disinherited. I hate this. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. It was one of the, and I, I will never walk out of a production because I'm too much, uh, I'm too afraid of the, I'm too, I have too much social anxiety. But that was like the first production I, I ever saw where I was like, my day would be improved 
if I walked away from this. But it's not uh it's not the production that is technically the worst thing I've ever seen. Um that is a spe- that was a special show that one. That's different. That's for later. Um What was I going to say? I don't know. It's gone. Anyway, um okay. So 10 out of 10 gold star. Mm for both of us. What yep. are you, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, that's always it's always sucks cuz I usually I probably do. But I just don't remember. If we have any final thoughts, uh we will write them down and when this episode comes out, tweet we'll it. tweet them. <laughs> uh, move, I need to tweet. Move, I need to tweet. Um all right, well, oh my god, tweet... look, it's Kylie Jenner. Can I get a selfie? Can um, I get a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, shut up. The student theater showcase. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Stop it. I oh. know. Oh, I know. Okay, well, if you need to tweet, if you need to move, I need to tweet. Uh, you can tweet at us <laughs> at Anamorphin. You can also DM us if you would uh, so choose. Uh, you can also email us at the Anamorphs Book Club at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Um, I just had a brain fart. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, just no spoilers, please and thank you. You know the drill by now. Um, Next week. Ooh, also, Bryn. This is a really dope cover. Sorry. Um, also, I just wanted to add that if you have any like additional thoughts or if you like agree or disagree with um, something that we say on the show, this is like an open... It's not a closed book club. Oh, we love some discussion you know we love some mm. discussion so if you want to discuss as long as there are no spoilers if you want to discuss uh in the comments or in a tweet please feel free to we'd love that um or send us a voice message on anchor those are always fun and welcome um yeah what were you gonna say it's called the animals book club baby yeah, well, i was just gonna club. say that uh the next book we're reading next week is um one of the cooler covers uh it's the 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 prophecy the prophecy is true. Oh my god, is this my girl? It's Cassandra. It's Cassie. Oh my god. She's turning into a Horpajira. Right? Yeah. Oh. That is a really cool cover. Wait, we, uh, I can't talk about it now, but that is a dope cover. I can't wait for my girl, my queen. Um, cannot wait. All right, join us next time when oh, yeah. we discuss. Cannot the wait. The prophecy. The prophecy. The prophecy? The prophet, the professor. The professor. We're losing our minds, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, or morning, or night, or whatever. Uh, Have a good day. Uh, Have a wonderful life. And don't forget, you have to endure out of respect for life. Bye!